Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Slominski. I'm Bartek. And we are both spit and polish, likingly because we are always spitting, and yes, we are both Polish. Is that not correct, Bartek? Yeah, of course we're Polish. Did you not hear our names? I did hear those names. I did hear those because I stated them, you stated it. Yeah, Bartek, Slowinski, and Ryan. And, you know, that's enough. And Spin Polish, that's also her names. You know, little did they know. Polish people spit. And they that's also include their nationality in their name, like, all the time. It's like every Polish person is called Polish mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah, Slowinski Polish, Polish. Polish, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're a guy, Polak. If you're a woman, Polka. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love Polkas. So, Polish women we... Love polka music. Are doing this show, and why is it called Unappreciated Masterpieces? That, yeah, that's a good question. I've always wondered. It's always something that's been cropping up in the well, being, in the in the a, comments. I'm being a layman or laywoman right now, like or a polka. Yeah. So what I'm going to tell you right now will may maybe blow the socks off some people, but we do feature length commentaries <gasps> for films. <gasps> I know, I know. I gasped as well, and. We do feature-length commentaries for movies that seemingly don't deserve them, but that's where we disagree with people. We say they do deserve them, even though I'm the one who stated that they may not deserve them. So we, we kind that of teaches agree- me a lesson. We kind of agree on the seemingly part, but we know otherwise. We know. Yeah, we're we're part. experts of the field. We get movies that need more love, need more attention. There can be movies that people have forgotten or people kind of remember, but they're not the films that people have in their top ten lists necessarily of love and hate. They're films that someone had an artistic vision for. They had an artistic vision and executed it and us, the general masses, just did not appreciate it for whatever reason. And I think that is tragic. We are brave soldiers in the battle against the unappreciated. We are actually like we're medics actually on the battlefield. You know, we're we're Simpson and and his donkey Duffy. And and, and we <laughs> What? Well, automatically doesn't know World War 1 references. No, let's just go automatically even... <laughs> doesn't know. Let's just go. The guests should be silent <laughs> until introduced, but they just want to know about World War 1 references. Well, Simpson was a, was a medic and he had a donkey called Duffy. Was the donkey called Santa's little helper? <laughs> this is legitimately true. This is, is a thing. There was don't you know Simpson and Duffy? No, I do this not. for Australians at least they should know. I understand but if Polish you... people should know World War 2. Wait, is this World War 1? This is World War One. Yes, oh there was a soldier. There was a soldier medic called Simpson, and he rode a donkey, and saved people. Was and Simpson played by Abe Simpson. No, I don't know why this is a thing. So <laughs> I can't believe that. I've by the way, our guest is our guest is our guest is Reese McKenzie. By the way, good in, good introduction, Duffy. So. <laughs> I, he was a hero. I don't know why this is a thing I'm that's shocking. I'm not a they even singer. reference him in the film Gallipoli. I, I don't... Uh, I never watched Gallipoli, I so I, I, I can't... Spoiler alert, everyone dies at the end of Gallipoli. Oh, no. Oh, shit. shit. I mean, literally, now I can't shot watch of the it. film... Next you'll tell me it's set in Turkey. It's set in Gallipoli. So, <laughs> the weirdest thing about this is, we cover movies, yeah? Mm-hmm. And we're doing something special. This is October now. It is. Ooh. Oh my God. And during, I'm still being a late person, during by the way. October, 
we set a precedent last year that we do the spookier movies, the scarier movies, the horror movies, movies that uh, inhabit the darker side of man, of the world, of storytelling, whether they be horror films or psychological thrillers. Erotic thrillers? Erotic. Erotic Mm. thrillers starring Bruce Willis. But we are doing a film today. Oh, Jennifer Lopez, yes. And that film is what, Bartek? What film are we doing for the start of Spooky Month? Guys, we didn't touch this ground last year, but finally we're touching it now. We are starting off the horror month of October with the classic film Jemia Zivich Trupov. Of course. Now, here's the embarrassing thing, everyone. I don't speak Polish. Oh, no. I think Bartek's speaking Polish, and in fact, he could pull out of his out of his sleeve. No, Ryan, that's Turkish, and I could believe him. Me too. But I don't speak Polish. I think he's saying it in Polish. And even though I am Polish, I don't I don't have the vernacular. It's okay, Ryan. What are you saying? What's the film? I said it, though. Say it in Inglese. Inglese? Yeah, that's that's Spanish. Gabriel Inglese. In Gabriel Inglese, <laughs> the film Jemia Jevich Trupov is Land of the Corpses. No, I'm just kidding. Land of the Dead. Land of the Dead. The Land George the A. Dead. Romero film, Land of the Dead. Uh, he prefers George R. Romero. Oh, it's oh, isn't it? I don't know. I'm just making it up. It's probably like fancy Italian way of saying it. It's like George A. Romero. Yeah, that's exactly it. Hey, guys, let's be more excited about the fact that we're doing Land of the Dead. Yay! Whoa, Land of the Dead! Yay! Ryan, do something. All right, now time's a million. That was my zombie, yay. Act like this film is as good as Simpson and Duffy. Yay! (laughs) This is the thing. So, guys, Land of the Dead, the 2006 classic. I thought it was five. Five classic. (laughs) It's the same year, but one plus, okay? One minus. 2005. Wait, wait, is it one plus or one minus? I'm talking about 2006. Yeah, it's one minus 2006. No, but I'm saying what I'm saying. What I'm saying was 2006 is the same year as 2005, but plus one. Yeah, but you were wrong because it's minus one. Yeah, it's minus one. Correct answer. No, I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, but, but we know what you're saying. But you're but one it's, it's not really too high. At least I know who Simpson and fucking Duffy are. Jesus Christ! I thought it was zombie made up. movies. Let's I do this. Thought shit. it was made up. I genuinely thought you're an idiot, and I was correct. So oh, look. I don't know every single World War One reference. I didn't. I thought you were just making it up. That was the literally spot. the one Australian World War One reference outside of Gallipoli that we have. Like other than that, there's nothing. World well, War One. We participated. Yeah, Gallipoli. <laughs> like <laughs> we participated. You know, you know who participated? Simpson and Duffy. Like uh, I don't I know. I just what genuinely you thought it was a made-up rhyme. We get it, Ryan. Homer likes Duff beer. Let's go with the episode. <laughs> so we're doing. Land of the Dead, <laughs> a zombie film, and that's very important because this is the first zombie film we've covered on the show, and the zombies are a very important genre, and this is the film being covered by the man who, let's be honest, created... Horrified, yeah. Huh? Well, mainstream the idea of a zombie. Do you want me to say it? Yes. <laughs> created what is the pop culture zeitgeist that is the zombie mm-hmm. to- of Perfect. today. Perfect. I nailed it, like Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Come back from the dead. Well, no, Zombie? Jesus, Jesus nailed stuff so he can be a carpenter. Yeah, so, guys, get your copy of the film like Land of the Dead. Well, Jesus got nailed to the cross. That was a reference. So Against his will. No, for, no. 
You want to, right? I can't believe you don't know anything about Jesus. Why are you talking about Duff Beer? You're crazy, yeah, Reese. Of course he wanted. He knew this one. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. I mean, he didn't want it, but he had to do it. Sorry. He knew he had, like, He was just reluctant to do it. Okay, that was my He was reluctant, yeah. It's Jesus. He's always reluctant about everything. So, guys, get your copy of the film ready. Because we (laughs) are. If Jesus was Greek, he would have been reluctant to say that tax collector. Let's face it. The moment you said if Jesus was Greek, I'm like, where is he going with this? <laughs> if Jesus was Greek, he would fuck any mortal woman to make demigod children. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought he was gonna go with. If Jesus was Greek, he'd hang out. It's true though. You know, when I think of Jesus, I always go, if he was only an insert a culture. Jesus, if only he was Australian, he would have been Simpson and Simpson and Duffy. Like if, that's exactly oh, it. Like no, it would well, have been Jesus Simpson, was white. Even I mean, it like, would be you know. Simpson, Duffy, and Jesus. Jesus <laughs> from the block. Yeah. Well, because no, like Australian adds like O to the end of names. Like, yeah. Rio, Riso, Barateco. No, 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 no Barrow. <laughs> I'm not having a borrow of this. So, guys, I'm just gonna go there. We're going to do this. You're going to get your copy ready. Legal, I hope. We all imagine you do have one. I'm going to do a countdown of 3, 2, 1, play. When I say play, you're going to press play as well because you're going to sync this up with us and you're going to watch this magnificent, beautiful film from one of the most accomplished filmmakers of their time who did pass away this year. That's also why I wanted to do this film in particular because if we're going to do a Romero film... We should do one of the iconic things that he did, which was zombie movies. He did many movies outside of zombie films. He did the fun fact: the f- one of the films he did was about a killer monkey. That was Stephen Root's first ever film, and Stephen Root has appeared on this show before. I just want to mention that because uh, the first time he appeared on the show, Reese was the guest. Exactly, and uh, Stephen Root's first ever film was in the late 80s, and that's the latest I could go if we ever want to do every decade of Stephen Root. But in reverse order, yeah. (laughs) In reverse order. So, get your copy ready, because we're going to do this in 3, 2, 1, play. So, guys, Simpson and Duffy's not in this movie, but we do have an amazing cast of character actors in the film, such as everyone's favourite... John Leguizamo. Yes, ah, Luigi the man Mario. who's in every film, basically. Uh, he's in every film, TV show, and John Leguizamo is joined by Dennis Hopper in this, and uh, they have King not, Cooper. they have the not worked together psychopath. since. They had not worked together since Super Mario Brothers. Isn't that a? It's a rather complicated history between the two. Well, not you know, really. Actually, it's just two. Well, films, one of it. them turned a princess's dad into slime and the other one was a plumber you know it's a very complicated relationship you know, yeah it's a very complicated the butcher zombie should have been Bob Hoskins uh, there is facts well, about the butcher zombie around about this time I think Bob Hoskins retired from film didn't he no he had... <laughs> no oh no he didn't no sorry he retired at least five years later after this when he died yeah <laughs> what a weird no. thing to say well, what? the retirement home in heaven right yeah, right up there, right up there. You know, he came back as a zombie, though, and kept working. It was really weird, though. Well, oh, and Simon Baker is in this. I've not seen Simon Baker for si- ages. Simon Baker is not the Baker zombie of the film, which really would have added a lot... Of depth. Of, of depth. There are a lot of people in this film, 
Bartek, you just briefly brought up the Butcher Zombie. The Butcher Zombie is an actor who has appeared in some of one or two of the other zombie films of Romero's works. Mm-hmm. So he's on purposely utilized actors that have appeared in his previous works. And even some of them are coming back as characters. Yeah, I did. Tom read Savini's in the movie reprising his role as uh, a zombie. Huh? Biker He's zombie. biker zombie, but his character was Blades, and this they couldn't get the copyright for his character, so they just call him Machete Zombie. Yeah, so I, I think <laughs> I should probably point out... Makes sense. Just getting right into the history, um, I'd never seen this film before. Before watching this film last night, the only film that I'd seen of Romero's was Night of the Living Dead, which mm. I have on DVD. It's an amazing film. Yeah. I have not seen it. And I, I've seen the remake of Dawn of the Dead, but yeah. Night of the Living Dead, here's the interesting thing. There's a great video that covers this, link it. Night of the Living Dead's very important, Reese, into all of this, because George Romero did not have enough time, energy, money, and did not think to get it trademarked. So with a lot of films, when you see them, they have like the little R logo registered, blah, blah. Night of the Living Dead does not have that. It is one of the most iconic public domain properties of all time. And if Romero did put a trademark on it, that means zombies would only be allowed to be done by him. And if so, if not, everyone would have to pay him royalties of modern day zombies. Wouldn't that require him to patent it? Yeah, Yeah, but that and that requires effort, basically. Yeah, the FCC stuff, all that. So if he had done his job properly... Zombies would be his property, intellectual property, and they probably would not exist in the way that they do now, because if he didn't make that fuck up, no one would actually have the... They wouldn't have caught on as well, because he would have been the sole owner yeah, he wouldn't have of so what a zombies defined, He wouldn't have so much defined the genre of zombie film... Or like zombie that, entertainment, he would just be the owner of. Yeah, it. and that's like, why oh, he's the one you could see Night of the Living Dead in full upload on YouTube. You can go to drive-in cinemas. No one has to pay him nothing well, because it's a it's a public domain just, film. And, and just for reference, good. I bought this film at the same place that I bought my copy of. Um, it's a Wonderful Life that I still haven't watched yet, which is also, I think, a public domain yeah. film. Actually, yeah, yeah. and Ricky O, but. And this is kind of very funny because George Romero, this, you know, it it took him quite some time to actually make like a studio film (laughs) because he was always just a, you know, independent filmmaker. I thought that couple there was Edward and Bella when I first saw them. (laughs) It's a reference (laughs) to them before the film even came out. It's close enough, I guess. And, you know, Romero, think about that. Isn't that a scary, weird idea that that this singular individual, you know, could have had the rights to all of zombies, how we know them? Like, you know, like, isn't that fucking weird? Zombies probably wouldn't be as interesting if it was just owned by one guy. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be very sort of protective over that idea. I mean, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it's interesting because all of the big tropes, all of the mythos that we associate with zombies, he did kind of just have in his films, in just Night of the Living Dead. It's like, yep, pretty much. And imagine what kind of impact that would have on other facets of culture, like survival horror games. They would be... They wouldn't exist, really, would they? Like, not all survival horror games have zombies, but almost all of them have something zombie-like. Zombies. My history with this film... Is I've seen it before many a times. It many was a times. many a times it was on television. 
I had seen I've seen all of them except for the ones after this one. I there's the diary Yeah, I've seen all of the studio esque ones. The rest of them are kind of like straight to video. Okay. You know, kind of ones I think. But I've seen the first four. I think Day of the Dead is a masterpiece. Is that the third one? Yes, and it's the most depressing of them all. Depressing? It's, Depressing. How could a zombie film be depressing, though? <laughs> oh, Reese, you're so innocent. <laughs> Tell me about your history, Reese. With, the, with the zombie apocalypse. With this with film, the zombie apocalypse. With this film wow. and George Romero's legacy. Well, um, it sort of came to my mind that this film was a big thing when my mum bought me The Empire magazine, which featured everything about this movie, basically. It was like the big comeback for George A. Romero. Mm. And they they went on a full like three page like article about how this is the biggest thing of two thousand and five five or six five. whatever, and I was genuinely looking forward to seeing this at the cinemas, but no, I I didn't actually see it at the cinemas. I saw it when it came out on Showtime on Foxtel. Ah, rich boy, yeah. Yeah, well, not anymore. But <laughs> that was a long time ago, and I. Oh, and when I saw it for the first time, I was like, yeah, I could see the hype. I could see it. You know, you could see it. I could see well, it. Well, you read about it for three pages. Yeah, he, he saw it and then he heard it as well. Uh, yeah. And the dialogue of the film kicked in. He's like, oh, I can hear the, I can hear it as well. Like, Mama, I can hear the film. That's that's really unfair to say because, you know, that's that's really mean. Reese. don't say it How's in that it mean? voice. How does it mean? Because we've got the character whose voice is doing on the screen right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> he doesn't have that deep southern you're right so john leguizamo does not have that deep southern voice (laughs) which guy were you talking about i was talking about the one with the burnt face oh he's like he's more like a like like i can shoot stop doing that he's like a very (laughs) very uh intelligible version of tom hardy from every movie What was the film that Leonardo won the Oscar for again? Oh, Revenant. Revenant, The Revenant. Yeah, everyone's... You know, he talks like... Everyone's... Like, what was that, Tom Hardy? No, no, Tom Hardy had more of a Cajun accent than you're giving him credit for, so um, thanks. I don't even think he was supposed to be, but whatever. He was just there. He was everywhere. He was everywhere. So, guys. So. Zombies. Yes. Can we talk about zombies and what we think of them as a creature and as a, a genre? And a lover. Like that film Warm Bodies? I've, I've still yet to see it. It's meant to be really good. Uh, okay, I don't know who you're talking to, but okay then. Up for necromantic. Necro- oh. <laughs> it's not yeah. actually a zombie thing, but I haven't seen it either. Really? I haven't seen Necromantic, no. No. Oh, man. Necromantic, is that a film? Yeah. It's about a couple who have their own dead body and they like to make love to it. Yes. And I think they fight over it eventually. Fun fact, Simpsons. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Simpson and oh. he had two donkeys named Duffy and they were called Duffy number one and Duffy number two and then he moved on to Murphy. And then he had a donkey called Queen Elizabeth. And then reading? oh, I thought you were reading this off IMDb. I thought you were going to look up zombies. <laughs> I'm not Simpson and Duffy and Duffy. Right, you're not letting this go. Is it like Simpson it, and his Duffy? Is it like how he addressed two the donkeys? It's like you know what I'm thinking, Duffy one. I think I know what you're thinking, Duffy two. Oh, bananas and pajamas reference. Yes, hooray. So 
Yes. That wasn't a bananas and pajamas reference. It was just I a I meant the bananas reference. and pajamas reference. Wait, bananas and pajamas? Yeah, crazy now. There's zombies in this movie, guys. Look Not bananas and pajamas. coming off. Okay, okay. But Ryan, you asked a question. What zombies. Yes. yes. What do we think of them as a genre and as a creature in general? Do we like them? Do we hate them? What's our like feel? I really like them. I voted for one once. <laughs> I, I like him. I like him. Thanks, Reese. Don't need to go any further. I got your well, opinion. Bartek, uh, what's yours? What, that's it? Well, you gave me nothing more. Well, it's, it's, it's more like, do you, is that it for what you have to give him? Oh, did I say yes, that's all I have to give? And I just said I like them? Is that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was uh, like, asking, what I'm saying is basically start talking about what you feel and you're like, I like him. <laughs> Bartek, Maybe, oh. you... I've lost oh, Reese, do you lost. actually have anything more to... We'll get back about? to Reese. Yes, uh. okay. Let him gather his thoughts for a moment. He has a lot okay. of things to say. Mm-hmm. And we cut back to him and he goes, mm-hmm. I like him. Mm-hmm. Bartek? Zombies? Um, yeah, I've, I've experienced them in a few works in the past. Not so much movies. Like, I've seen Night of the Living Dead. I've seen uh, another shitty film that... Uh, another shitty film? I was oh, sorry. I haven't seen Necromantic, so I don't know if it's shitty or not. But um, I wasn't referring to this film, Ryan. You, just, you said I seen Night of the Living Dead and another shitty film. I had Necromantic on my. But basically, I was gonna say I've seen a zombie film that's featured on the cinema snob that has like a poor dub that was kind of funny. Um, I I remember once I think Reese might have been there. We we're at a friend's house and watched World War Z. Ah yes, mm. wasn't a fan of that one. You didn't like World War Z. Bartek. No. You, I don't you, think they were necessarily zombies. I think they were uh, just like... Oh, God. It has Z in the title. Of course they're zombies. Well, okay. My favourite part of World, World War Z... Is, just... Oh, God. No, let's not define zombies from your from your World War Z catalogue. My favourite thing about World War Z, though, Bartek, is he is the guy who's going to cure us all. And then he slips over and shoots himself in the head. And they're like, whoops. And the movie just keeps going. He's like, why did you introduce this character at all? I remember... It has to prove that Brad Pitt can survive anything. With his Even- Plane crash. I remember when we watched that film, it was shortly after Peter Capaldi was announced to be the new Doctor in Doctor Who, and one of the people in our group was excited to see the film just for that reason alone. Yeah, but that makes any any works for the Who, so... Mm. Um, the band? But yeah, I've, I've also played some games that have, like, zombie like enemies and yeah while a lot of people seem to really like zombie video games i always found the zombie aspects of certain games not as good because they're just annoying enemies that come too close to you and usually it's a shooting game and it's annoying to shoot them up close so i've always kind of had shoot them in the head bar well i know but if they're so close and you have to aim with your radical and it's annoying like like a game recent i really like red dead redemption love it isn't that nothing but zombies well no there's a a dlc scenario called undead nightmare where it becomes a zombie world and it's a good scenario but the gameplay is not as good as the core why is it called red dead redemption if it's not zombies well, the undead well, nightmare. They made zombie. they made a like an uh, like an alternative. Like, it's a it's a extension. rock it's a rock star uh, game with a bunch of bleak themes. So it's got like this. Isn't it just dead. isn't it it's just red, GTA in the old west? Yeah, <laughs> it can be described yep. as that, but there are some stylistic differences to it. And like it's, it's in the it's, old west. It's very dramatic story. It's a very sort of depressing western tale about you know. 
Yeah, it's about the yeah, yeah. It's, it's about the West dying. I didn't, ga- in, I didn't gather my thoughts for that. It's one. set in nineteen. See why I said we had to wait for him. He couldn't even yeah, gather yeah. his thoughts on a video game he has it's played been a long and time since I've played it. I have to think it's, about. Look, it's set in nineteen eleven. The West is dying. Technology's coming. It's it's got that whole like Butch casting the Sundance theme of like oh the outlaw days are dying out and you're an outlaw. But this movie's bringing back that the outlaw days are in again, mixed with really? capitalist. Capitalist. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. George Romero does not like consumerism at all, so that's why he does like these big shopping centers and in the like as these like sets in zombie films. And, and in this one, like a paradise estate. Yeah, paradise. It's called the Green. The Green. green that's what they call it. Green it's got, something. It's got a full thing. We'll yep. get into it. It's it's in it's in the movie. We'll it's, see it's it soon. It's a reference to something. Too. So zombie games. You're you're not the biggest fan of zombie games. Sounds like you're not the biggest fan of zombies. You haven't watched much zombie content. You don't seem too buzzed by them oh, as yeah, an antagonistic honest, figure. Yeah, honestly, I'm. I haven't been too into them. Like the few things I've seen have been good, but I'm. They don't really grip me as much as you know people that love The Walking Dead, like my brother. I hate The Walking or, Dead. Or um. I, and I always kind, I always kind of sort of cringe when I hear people talking about like, oh, I'm prepared for the apocalypse. Or if I was in the uh, apocalypse, I'd be this. No one's prepared. No, I'd be prepared. I'd have guns. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Food, shelter. Yeah, I'd have it all. <laughs> do, you know, do you actually know people who say they're prepared for the apocalypse? Yeah. Like, yeah I don't. Yeah, I don't really guess. know anyone, but I. I you know, I, I read online. You could just. You could just end Bartek's statement there. I don't really know anyone. <laughs> just anyone you can remove context. But I know, just... I know Ryan and Reese and Will. We're not people. And Luke. I'm not we prepared. Monsters. And Lauren. I'm not prepared for the and apocalypse. And Mark. Oh, for fuck's sake! I'm not prepared for the apocalypse <laughs> at all. And Grace Brown. <laughs> I love it the fact that I'm sitting here in the middle and I can pay here's the thing Reese can't pay attention to what's happening you're not really paying attention but I'm sitting here in the middle being like okay Bartek's just listing people he knows in general and Reese is constantly but Reese is constantly saying I'm not prepared when when you said his name I'm not prepared for the topic you know, I man, was listening was... people I know, and I was the joke was that I was listening people that only been on the podcast. So it just lies you, that this I, is my life. I thought you were listening people who were prepared for the apocalypse, and I said I've never been prepared for the apocalypse. <laughs> Pathetic. What? So <laughs> it's true. I think Ryan wants us to get back on topic. Yeah, let's get stop, back on topic and stop talking about zombies. Can I just point out that? At no point during any of that does Reese have any sense of what we are talking about. He's still thinking when I am talking that we're still talking about him not being ready for the apocalypse. Reese. Yes. Your child, I shall explain it to you. Yes. Here's what happened right now. Yeah. Also no Sam Noonan. Bartek Bartek was making a simplistic joke about the fact that I stated... The, that he knows no one. Yeah, right. he said the okay, statement. Oh, right. I know no like whatever it was. I've lost it now. It's like yeah. I know no one, right? Or whatever. And I was like, that alone is funny in itself, removing the context of zombie preparedness. Right. Then he started the list as a joke. Right. People he knows, just in general. In and general, that have been, been on, the, on podcast. the podcast. Right. You in the meanwhile <laughs> hear your name and start chirping with every name he says. I'm not prepared. <laughs> I'm not prepared. <laughs> 
Then I am listening to both of you guys. Bartek's still going on. I don't think he's fully paying attention to you. You're not fully paying attention to him. And I'm fully paying attention to both of you. I then stop you both to explain. Well, hold on. Hold the fuck on. I stop you both to explain what's just happened here. And you then still go on to be like, but I'm not prepared for zombies. Spartak is explaining that, no, these are people on the show. And he goes, but I'm not one of them. I'm not prepared for zombies. Okay, can I make it better for you? Can I make it better for you? I'm so exasperated by this. I'm like, all right, enough about that. But I'm not prepared. (laughs) Jesus. Okay, let's let, I'll make it better for you. Let's just broaden my term that I'm just not prepared at all for anything like just then i was not prepared for that i thought i was preparing my statement as to say i'm not prepared for it's the true right if you kiss him he won't be prepared for so it. zombies right yeah <laughs> i <laughs> love zombies what, what's wrong with you peeps i, I mean bartek hasn't seen shawn of the dead so you're missing out on fiddler's green by the way zombies are great they're yeah. a great antagonist because they're familiar they're humans but they've lost that humanity a lot of the time, zombies don't really... The best thing I find, and George Romero is very good at this, is you don't need an explanation necessarily on how zombies happen. They're just a thing that happened. You assume some kind of bio-terrorist thing or, yeah, yeah. or some kind of thing. The closest you get in his mythos is a Night of the Living Dead. They theorize because an asteroid crashed and might have some bacteria on that, but even that's dismissed later. So there's no real explanation. The the threat of the unknown, but they're with the face of the familiar. Something about cannibalism is inherently terrifying on a primal and basic level. It's the biggest form of of intrusion that you could really have. That's what makes Hannibal Lecter so scary. That's what makes zombies so scary. And zombies, they're mindless as well. There is no form of logical reasoning with them. They're just... You're describing Terminator now. (laughs) They're just humans (laughs) that... They're pure evil. They're humans, but they're animals. I guess, in a way, Terminator is an offshoot of zombies because it does have that whole thing of you can't reason with it and it just wants to kill you. Well, hang on. In Terminator 2, they proved that, you know, with, like, the relationship between um, the um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator and Edward Furlong's character, John Connor, it was just like, you know... You have a rapport for each other. Well, he was... Okay, look, he was programmed to it, but I'm more talking about Terminator 1, which was kind of more of a horror film. Yeah, go on. Go on. Yes. And this is not Terminator 1. This is Land of the Dead. But I was... I was... Oh, yeah. Go on. Go on. Yep, yep. Yep. Are you prepared? <laughs> I, I, I was prepared for that. Also, my dad, I want to go back to this whole thing about him being prepared. A part of why this happened, too, was... He stumbled over the plotline of a video game he wholeheartedly likes and has played before, and I make a whole joke about how like we it. needed to give him time. I like He's it. He's still not ready for the question that I had asked five minutes ago about but his thoughts on zombies. The, the thing kind of is, I did like the game, and it's just that I, I liked it so much I couldn't think of a good explanation for it. I felt like Donald we Trump... Were, we were not talking about the story of it, we were talking about it thematically, and, you know, themes and storyline, they're different things. Mm. I've played it a few times, so, you know, I'm more grounded on it. Judging by what we're about to see in the movie, George A. Remember is not just a critic of consumerism, he's also a critic of, like, the class system, like, the just like the separation of the ultra poor and the ultra rich. Just mm. look, at, look at this. Like, you know, he's like, you know, there's a lot of poor people in this situation and it's still very futile, so, mm. sort of in a way. 
Yeah, and you've also got this whole thing of the villain never really leaves his tower at all in the film. Yeah, mm. until, like, his final And moment. when he's trying to, that's when he, you know, dies. The thing about the, the Dead series is yeah. each one of them is an important reflection on the period of which they were made. The first one is a great little, like, it's somewhat of a slasher horror suspense movie, but it's also a great reflection on segregation and racial tensions of the 1960s, right? The film was 1968, for anyone who doesn't know. Dawn of the Dead is way more into what Reese is saying, a, a comment on capitalism, consumerism, with it being set in the shopping mall... And how, you know, humans will go through these motions even during an apocalyptic situation. And Day of the Dead, well, Day of the Dead is a commentary on this Reagan-era-esque America, which has still rippled into America now, in which it's that bravo masculinity will get us through, and who cares about morals when when we can use the American way to get through through situations. And this is, of course, a reflective statement on post-9-11 America. The, the character of Dennis Hopper's uh, character, whose name is Kaufman, uh, Kaufman, Kaufman. Is, is a brilliant reflection and satirization of... Bush era politician Republican oh, yeah. Americans with the great statement, which is an iconic one, is we don't negotiate with terrorists, taking it to the comedic point of this is a zombie apocalypse, and he will get to the point in which zombies will breach his walls because he refuses to negotiate with terrorists. Mm. To the point in which everyone dies because of that, basically. It's true, because Dennis Hopper said he based his performance off Donald Rumsfeld. Who is a writer. Who is as Part well. of the Bush regime. Yeah, and he wrote, like, Dick Cheney's biography and shit like that. He's he, a crazy guy. He, what? Really? Yeah. Is he that crazy? Damn. That crazy? Yeah. <laughs> that crazy, I don't yeah. think you necessarily have to be crazy to write a person's biography. No. It wasn't... Well, he was No, it's, a, it's one of those biographies his... one of those biographies of the greatest hero of America. Oh, oh right. Jeez. Do you... Do you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, Dick Cheney's the second vice president ever to shoot someone else in... The uh, face, uh, or was it the foot? In the face. Oh. Uh, and the other one was... Uh, such and such with shooting Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. Was it... um. Was it Jomama? Yes, yeah. it was. Uh, so this film is a great encapsulation of everything that George Romero has always done with his zombie films. Because the thing about him, in comparison to other zombie films, like the, is that he really does go to the he really did go to the effort of making a statement within the zombie films. The zombies, with everything I mentioned just before about them being a faceless thing, Romero also would insert kind of thematic things into the zombies if. More so than not in Day of the Dead and in Land of the Dead, you could look at the zombies as the real heroes of the story. They are not necessarily the bad guys. When the bad guy in this film and in Day of the Dead are a reflection on whatever presidential era person there is. So in Day of the Dead, there's this gung-ho American soldier who's reflecting a Reagan-esque idea of an apocalyptic situation. In this, you have Dennis Hopper, who's reflecting a George Bush Jr.-esque idea of an apocalyptic situation. And they're the people that are killing everyone more so than necessarily zombies. Zombies are just a, 
a symptom of a bigger problem. But in this film, they take the notion of what happens if the zombies regain a form of humanity and get smarter and smarter and smarter, which I think is a smart idea. I agree. Yeah, that's kind of where the, I guess, more simple-minded audience just kind of look at it and say, zombies smart and shoot people? This is a perversion of the genre. Yeah, exactly. But like, it's by George A. Romero. He has every right to exercise, you know, what the zombies You're absolutely do. right about that, Reese. but the fact that this is an unappreciated masterpiece could probably be tied into what I just said. And I think George A. Romero, out of all the filmmakers we've ever covered on this show, wholeheartedly is the face of an unappreciated filmmaker. Yes, he made zombies what they are today. Yes, he is revolutionary in that field, but overall, he had always struggled. Every film that he made was a supreme struggle to make as a film. He had to go through so many hoops to get every single film made. He struggled hard to get zombies out there. That's why he did screw up on Night of the Living Dead. You know, it was just so hard because he had to work on everything by himself. And you get to this point in his career, he's still struggling, but now he's appreciated. I mean, right here we have Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright making cameos as zombies. And the thing is, a lot of general people wouldn't know who George Romero is. He's kind of like... But he's iconic in the world of pop culture. Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam, yes. He's kind of like the independent Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam, yes, I guess. I mean, he's had to struggle a lot less in his career. Starting out as a Monty Python gets you very well. well. I, as a filmmaker, <laughs> Terry Gilliam like struggled to make lots like, of films. Every, yes. every single film, he yeah, struggled to make every single film. And the one he struggled most with was Don Quixote. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a whole documentary about how he never got to make Don yeah. Quixote. I think it's also worth acknowledging the fact that uh, George Romero and this film are in the horror genre. Mm. Yeah, and horror is not exactly a genre that Hollywood takes like, seriously. Takes seriously. Like I think there's even some statistic about the last horror-related film that won an Oscar in any way being like many, many decades ago. Yeah, and it might have been like one of the big wins, too, like but... Rosemary's Baby or something. Oh, yeah, probably because the... it was Polanski. I mean, you know, yeah. you can't argue with Polanski. He's Polish. So yeah, I mean, yeah. lots of people argue with Polanski uh, okay, due that... to him having sex with underage girl. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's somewhere in Scandinavia at the moment, I guess. Yeah, he still makes good films. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, yes, horror doesn't get taken seriously, and zombies get taken even less seriously in within that genre. Because it is sort of oversaturated, I guess. Mm. And the amount of movies that have been made, like, mm. just straight to video, DVD, whatever. It's hard Again, to figure out... Yeah, it's, hard to, yeah. it's hard to figure out the, uh, the levels, the tier of what is the appreciated over the underappreciated of horror of horror genres within itself like subgenres i think most often than not i think the supernatural horror is what's taken a lot more seriously or at least like psychological too psychological definitely psychological and supernatural i think are the higher players of horror that people respect hence stephen king is so respected as opposed to monsters yeah. As opposed to ghouls, monsters, and slasher films. Skeletons. Uh, well, it, it depends on how good the slasher film is. Like, look uh, at Scream. It was a major push-through. Yeah, but Scream... You know, that's the problem, though. Scream in itself, right? I was banking on another genre. Yeah. Scream in itself is a satire film of slasher films. It's 
it itself is not a genuine slasher film. It is a good slasher film, but it is a film that is making a meta Deadpool-esque comment on slasher films in general. It is not a wholehearted slasher film. A wholehearted slasher film that's iconic is Halloween. That's one that is one that's a sincere slasher film that is appreciated most overall. But this is something about George Romero's zombie films. There is a sincere nature to them. There's a, He's not afraid to make a statement, but he's also not afraid to get goofy. You know, his films are funny, even when they're serious. Like, it is kind of funny that in this movie, the zombies win. It is kind of just... It's just funny because of the negligence of the humans. You get a... a uh, there's something about his movies where you do root for the zombies uh, most of the, uh, good portions of the time, especially in the last two films, the, this and Day of the Dead, where you empathize with the zombies more than so than the humans. Like when you see these zombies fucking eat rich people, you're like, yes, well done, well done. yep, well yes, done. well done. And you gotta love the main zombie whose name is Big Daddy. Daddy. Adam Sandler film too. Never do they call him Big Daddy in the film. I noticed but it's just that. like a, a name in the credits, basically, like for a good laugh. Like what like, you I'll, see I'll naked ad- gun films for, like the credits. I'll admit, just all over the place. I'll admit, I walked in knowing that he was he was called Big Daddy. I mean, but, so I, and I was kind of looking out for the fact that, yeah, no one's really... And that was another it. big thing. That zombie, Big Daddy, he was a big thing. Like he was meant to be, he's the leader of yeah. the whole zombie group and that's meant to and it was meant to be like the biggest thing like oh my god zombies are now have a leader and they're gonna lead to civilization or and he whatever. seems to have emotions yes. he like has emotions he figures out how to use tools and weapons uh, using his back history as well of, of being like a gas station attendant that's one of the best ways he takes out an enemy <laughs> yeah and this last life of abuse yeah. The films of George Romero, he's done more. So he's done more than just obviously zombies. He even did a vampire film called Marty. Very interesting film. I would check it out if I was you. A vampire film called Marty. <laughs> it's a romantic film. Oh, it's... was it like? Was it like the nineteen fifty five movie Marty? No, it's not oh. Ernest Borgnine's Oscar winning film and the shortest ever uh, Oscar winning film of all time as well. It goes for just like eighty nine minutes. It's on my list. It's it's, on my list. I, I own it. It's great. But he's made a, zo- a vampire film. He's made a movie about killer monkeys. He's done the creep show movie. He did the creep show oh, movies. Yeah, the creep show Those are very good. We lost a true legend this year in terms of filmmaking. He was still going. He was still out there doing his thing and not necessarily getting appreciated for it in his pretty much throughout his whole career let's be honest well I, I think it's also worth pointing out and I think this is obvious but we just haven't mentioned it yet um there's a big year difference between the third one and this film right yes yeah. and when this film came out as Reese said there were three pages of it in that magazine Empire. I think a lot of people were very excited at the fact that he was making a comeback yeah yeah and it was a comeback because it doubled its budget basically yeah and that is a fantastic effort for his part. And look, we can keep gushing about Georgie Boy, but we should gush about Georgie Simon Boy. Baker, Australian actor and legend Simon Baker. Who is makes in one this... face throughout the entire film. He makes four. He makes four faces? Yeah. Like, this but is one? That's one. 
So, right, but I know you want to change the topic around, but I have just one more question. I'll allow it. Oh, what if, is that? If this film is so great, why are we doing it on the show? <gasps> well, it isn't as loved as the other three, I think. Really? No. Not as loved as the other three in his catalogue of zombie films. Like you said yourself, you liked A Day of the Dead more than any of the other of the deads, basically. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, pretty, it's yeah, fucking great. Bob is a hero. Bob. Bob's the zombie. Who's Bob? Bob. Uh, Bob, the zombie. Bob. Bob. Like as in black B-U-B. Adder, Bob. I think he's saying B-U-B. And, oh, boob. No, Bob. Oh, bo- sorry. No. Boob. This is how he spells sorry, No, boob. no, hang on a minute. Excuse I, me, young I, I lady. Fumbled. Can I touch your boob? And then Wolverine gets his claws out. It's like, it's a Bob. Uh, how, do you, Reese, how do you say that other word for insect? Is it boog? No, it's Ooh. boob. <laughs> okay. Why so is this such a... Bo- no, no bub. Bub. Yeah, like bub. Why isn't it baby? What are you looking at, bub? Uh, bub, bub, that's another word for bub. Yeah, I know, but the no. fact that you, this is how you just realised after we already thought you realised what it was. But I didn't. Yeah, clearly. Heard the term... He's still not prepared for the zombie question I asked <laughs> ten minutes ago. Have you really not heard anyone refer to someone else's bub? Hey, bub. Not as much. Wolverine is one of his catchphrases. Bub. Yeah. Really? Am I crazy right now? I feel like I'm walking in with well, okay. facts that everybody should know. When did you refer to someone as bub? Have you never watched Wolverine's fucking... Have you never... Have you never watched the animated series? No. Have you never read a comic? Okay, I've read The Killing Joke. He's not... <laughs> Wolverine's not in The Killing Joke. You said if I read a comic. Oh my god! This Why is not? such a good movie! <laughs> I've also Why have the... we not talked about the fact that when people die naturally, they instantly become zombies? Which I think is an interesting thing to add to the mythos I'm of not... zombies. Because usually you associate you, when you get killed by a zombie, you become a zombie. Not every zombie um, product or story involves the idea that if you just die naturally, if you get killed by someone, that you become a zombie. So how do they control... How do they monitor in this little blocked of society people dying? Because they have poor people who are treated like shit. How come there hasn't been zombie... How do they control zombie outbreaks within the walls when people die naturally or die from hunger or die from violence? So was the first zombie a person who was alive that became a zombie? We don't We don't know. We don't know, yeah. Okay. What we saw was... Remember John Leguizamo goes into that room and the guy hung himself? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he became a zombie. Because it's like, so when you die, you become air. a zombie. I, I kind of thought that was already a thing because... Well, I'm... It's different throughout each zombie movie. Like, you know, it may not be airborne as much like... No, I'm just saying, like, within this zombie, I'm not necessarily talking I, about I, the series. I'm just talking about in zombie movies in I, general. I, I Isn't hesi- that interesting? I hesitated because I was about to mention that it's something my brother told me about The Walking Dead and... I know. We can probably just count Walking Dead. We can talk about it. It's very important in the mythos of things. But yeah, like when people in this universe die just from anything that isn't necessarily a head-related brain injury, uh, they become zombies. This is a society that's got major classism. The poor exist. What stops zombie major zombie outbreaks from happening? I think that's a very interesting thing to look at. Yeah, maybe there's a whole... Obviously, this is just me guessing. I'm not trying to answer you and like be, oh, you're wrong, Ryan. Fuck but, you, um, Ryan. I, if I were to design... If I were in George Romero's boots, I would probably think that there was a system of, like, 
if a person is dying and you're aware of it, maybe try to get them away, say your goodbyes, and maybe even give them a mercy killing just before their natural death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. best thing is a mercy killing. But, you know, obviously with deaths in general, there's no not always a predictability to it, especially in this world where they have, like, underground cage fights and stuff like that. This is also a universe in which they have zombies as, like, fighters to eat people. Why would Those you want... Yeah, I know, they're controlled, but we've seen... They live in a zombie world. Why would you want to even risk... Well, I was about to... It's not that I was going to say that. I was going to say that there are... There's a society of, you know, still alive people in this universe... But just like in the real world where we have, you know, human trafficking and all that, there are depraved people in this society as And depraved well. zombies. Every zombie is depraved. Well, like, the point, like you said, like, you, you cheer for the zombie, right? Yes. And it's like, in this film, it's like, they use them. And that's why Big Daddy's so angry. He's like, this is my, this is, these are my people, basically. Let, you shouldn't be depraving them like this. Exactly. And you know what? Here's an interesting thing. Um, I'm gonna be a little bit honest. There was a point in this film where I was sort of not on its side, kind of. What? But obviously it changed throughout the rest of the film, and it's kind of related to that. It was this whole idea that the zombies were upset about how they were being treated. Because I guess I was thinking of it from the angle of, like... The humans. In real life, when people are angry that their people are being mistreated... There's this whole idea of they have this long culture, this long history that has been, you know, kind of insulted. What do the zombies have other than we are zombies? And I guess what really turned me was this idea of, do you really need a reason to, you know, be upset for your people? Exactly. Yeah. And also, this isn't an accidental casting choice. This isn't just a fluke. The leader... Be, uh, Big Daddy. Yeah, Eugene Clark was it? Yeah, Eugene is Clark. He a has black an extensive filmography. Is 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 a black man? Mm. It's not a mistake on the filmmaker's part. It's not. It's not just something that happened. That the leader of the zombies is an African American, especially if you connect it to his previous lines of work, where Night of Living Dead, the hero of that story, was African American as well. I think technically he's Canadian, but North American. Yeah. Yes. Was his character supposed to be African American? Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe. I mean, this film's meant to be set in, like, Pennsylvania, right? But it's filmed in Toronto? Yeah. Yes, all of his films, other than this one, of the zombies, were filmed in, like... His hometown. Hometown of Pennsylvania. But this one, they did it for tax reasons. Yeah. Like, a lot yeah. cheaper to do it It's there. hard to film in America. Just like Snow Day, wasn't it, right? Everything's Snow Day in my eyes. Well, this film doesn't have snow. Like, when you look at me, it's Snow Day. One of the complaints I saw about this film, which I think is petty... Yeah. Is a lot of people complain that there weren't enough daytime scenes and who wants to see a movie with daytime zombies when all the great movies have a lot of nighttime. I mean, Night of the Living Dead, I mean Shaun of the Dead, most of that's like got portions set at night. What about what about Day of the Dead, Ryan? Day of the Dead is set underground. <laughs> oh. Oh, so it could be day but it's still dark. You never that's know. That's clever. It's they kind of break out and it's daytime and it's like kind of like oh now this is... It's kind of hard to explain. You have to, you just have to see it. It's no, pretty it. amazing. Yeah. It uh, looks better at night. Yes. Zombies are just cool at night. Even L- in plus, Underground, it's dark. 
Plus, so, there's this whole idea that it's like, oh, it's safer during the day, so it would be more interesting to have it set at night. And I like, with it being set at night, it expands upon the rules of this universe. So, they like going at night because they can distract zombies with the fireworks. Mm. One of the characters who's already passed away at this point asked, why don't we do it during the day? Isn't it a lot safer? It's like, no, this is the reasoning why we operate at night. And I think it's really interesting... Skyflowers. Skyflowers. And I also want to know how they discovered Skyflowers work. <laughs> or why they call them Skyflowers. Why don't just call them Fireworks? Well, oh, one of the characters already, at the start of that, asked that exact same question. And was just asked, like, uh, it's because they're pretty or something. Yeah. But they discovered that Skyflowers don't work anymore. I mean, if we really want to nitpick, how does money work in this universe? You know, like... Well, they've got a leader who's um Kaufman, right? Yeah. And he... Still wants money, so he could be at the top of the green. So yeah, yeah. That, that. I would imagine that money could still work in this universe because I'd I'd imagine if money were to not work in a universe, it would be one where they don't really have a concept of currency. These are clearly still humans that grew up in the. Yeah, world. but I'm saying like they've got such a tiny population. I know, I know. I mean, that's that's kind of the whole interesting thing about money as a motivation in a lot of films. Mm. You want it, but inherently you have to give it to other people to use it. Yeah, and that's the point of his character as well, is it's that Bush-era ignorance that money is all kind of thing in a time in which money does not matter, necessarily. Like, in this universe, that's also... It's on purpose. Money doesn't matter. But they put thought and effort into it it fuels people john leguizamo's character eventually learns this as a lesson like slowly throughout the movie he's learning that that this greed isn't really worth it you know like like it's about being alive and then he becomes the undead Mm. john leguizamo's character is really what you would call a protagonistic character because he goes through changes, he learns, he develops. Simon Baker doesn't necessarily learn and develop. I like the fact that George Romero has never been interested in characters, more so scenarios and ideas. In this movie, Simon Baker even has a great line of dialogue in which he says like something like, Who needs backstories? Yeah. Who cares? No, I'm sick of backstories. Yeah, I'm sick of backstories. It's like, thank you, because a lot of people confuse the idea that character backstories mean that that is the character more so than their actions mm. in the film. We yes. don't need everyone's backstories and to understand who they are. We just need to see their actions. And I yeah. guess he also had another good line in this film. He was like... From one of his four faces? From Reese? one of his four faces. Such a mean guy you are. The other guy, Charlie, he says, um, oh, shit happens and some baker's like, well, only if you let it. Yep. I loved that He's line. a cynic. He's a very, he's very cynic. He's very cynic? <laughs> oh, no. No. Yeah, no. I, I guess... Oh, Bartek, he's very cynic. I'm not very cynic. No. <laughs> no, I was saying saying baker's... I'm not... I am not very cynic, Ryan. I'm not. <laughs> but I am uh... Duffy. <laughs> I'm not prepared. You're the British singer, basically. Duffy. What? There's a British singer named Duffy. Okay. Well, I've learned something new today. Like me. I should have known that. If I knew... If I was a real Simpson and Duffy fan, I would have known that. I was going to say, though, Ryan, with the topic of the whole backstory thing, I guess one of the sort of interesting things they do do in zombie films... I said do-do. That they do in zombie films and zombie works is like, oh, this is what I was when there wasn't zombies... Uh, so in the zombie apocalypse, my skill is related to my work. Like, oh, I was mm. a butcher, so I can, you know, 
butcher them. I can decimate zombies, or I was a medic, so I can you know try to prevent zombie wounds or something. Mm. Was anyone else really disappointed that when this guy gets attacked eventually, that he didn't become a zombie and ride around on his skateboard? I think he deserved it because the way he dies is very bad. He's like on his skateboard. It's like when you investigate noises, you don't get on your skateboard and sort of go. Wait, hold on, Reese. When you investigate. Noises. Yeah. Are you prepared? You turn <laughs> off your music? Wait, wait. wait when wait, you investigate wait. noises, yes. do you... Get on the skateboard? No, I don't. Do you only shoot once, then stick your head out of the window where you shot? No. I would sh- shoot at least six so times. So you, you think that it's better to move on your feet where you have a lot of versatility to move rather than a skateboard which yes. tends to move in two yes. directions? Yes. Well, in all fairness to the skateboard... And needs momentum? Yes. Well, in all fairness to the skateboard thing, I'll give the character some credit. We're not giving him credit. He uses the skateboard to roll over to look outside the window and he's like, ah, zombies! And flips back and just goes instinct and rolls the skateboard back to move very fast away. In a movie like this, you could replace that with him walking backwards and tripping over. It would be the same principle. Oh, yeah. tripping. I'm sure that's a great trope in zombie works. Tripping? Yeah, falling over? Yeah. In every single horror film. Uh, what I was saying was, I thought for George Romero, he missed a great comedic moment in the skateboard character of two moments. Him being a zombie on a skateboard <laughs> would be great. I just... But yeah. another moment I think would have been great for comedic moment, because he's not afraid to do comedic moments, is wouldn't it be great if when he was on his skateboard, he's at the window and the zombies like go Arr! and stick their hands through the window and he's like, ah, rolls back and then zombies are behind him at another window going Arr! and he just keeps going back and forth, back and forth, cuts to another scene, cuts back to him and he's like, ah, still doing it. I like, can see that on like The Simpsons, maybe. No, George Romero had a scene in this where a girl's belly button was eating out of her belly yeah, so um, he's not afraid to do goofy like I, I've seen All the, the others Just, that was the like, goof nasty the goof gnarly nasty yeah. what I appreciate about zombie movies like this is we go past the story of origin and we're already in the society in which zombies have happened well this is a sequel right it's in the same universe, but not a direct sequel because it's made by a different film company. That's why when Tom Savini shows up, he's not actually his character of Blades, but he kind of is. Mm. And certain character actors that appeared in his other movies are playing different characters or cameos as zombies or whatever. It's like, oh, that doesn't make sense. But yes, it's somewhat in the same universe. But it's kind of just neat, though, that, you know, he could have done the prequel like you know like this is how zombies have attacked like a lot of zombie movies do or that thing like the walking dead or where they wake up and the zombies have already happened and they're trying to figure out what's happened or Shaun of the dead where the character's ignorant to everything that's happening around them zombie wise this is a movie where it's like he's like with superheroes we're sick of how they become superheroes we just want them to be superheroes we're sick of how zombies are taking over we want them to have taken over and see how humanity survived from that point there was definitely a point earlier in this film early like the beginning of the film where um yeah you'd already see you see all these people acting like everything's completely normal like the bikers just like you know go by zombies, they, like, whack him. And yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's so normal to them. They've, they've got, like I mentioned, there's a whole depraved syndicate going on with zombies. They they know what they are. They're making fun of them. They got some in, uh, captured. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a world 
where it's established that there are zombies. I guess Zombieland also kind of tried to do that with... Um, oh, yeah, it does. With uh, the fact that he's got this whole, like, survival guide going. Rule one, like, cardio or whatever. Like, mm. But, you know, the real hero of Zombieland is Woody Harrelson because he enjoys the little things. Twinkies. Enjoy the little things. Twinkies. <laughs> that was another film I wasn't too big on. No, I, I preferred Shaun of the Dead. I didn't like Ooh. that it turned into a romance film. I I agree. Also, I love I Bill Murray. Was... I love Bill Murray in Zombieland, but it's kind of just like, here's a meme, which is Bill Murray's cool. At least Shaun of the Dead, it's like, here's the real, here's the world that makes sense. It's like, yeah. oh, imagine if in Shaun of the Dead, they go down to the pub and there's just Bill Murray as himself. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I guess this is a universe where Bill Murray exists. You know what, I, I think guess one way or another he had to die. You know, just, just <laughs> one way or another. I think you're the first person, Ryan, to agree with me about Zombieland. No, nah, I thought it was a romance. bit... I thought it was... No, nah, I don't need romance in... I, I, I don't mind romance in films, but I'm always like, oh, can we not... Like, when, when I watched <laughs> like, that film, I, I walked into it because everyone was like, oh, this film's hilarious. Like, I think Reese lent yeah, it to me. And I was yeah. like, yeah, it's hilarious. And I'm like, oh, cool. Woody Harrison's the best part. Uh, Bill Murray's also a good part. Yeah. yeah, as a cameo. The joke is, hey, it's Bill Murray. If you remove <laughs> that, he's nothing. But that's okay. My thing is, with movies, Reese just kind of scoffed at me where I'm like, I'm sick of romance. It's like, look, if I'm walking into the movie being like, it's a romantic movie exactly. I'm fine with it but there's so many movies and TV shows where it's like why is it becoming a romance out of nowhere I came in here to see a comedy it's part- every comedy movie is somewhat a comedic comedy romance it seems these days like in modern comedy movies right it's just like let's do romance because we've got to make this is why romance exists in stories yeah because we've got to make the characters empathetic for the audience They've got to fall in love. Everyone has to have the girl at the end. Like, that's the problem with a lot of female characters is they're the object, they're the trophy, they're the romantic thing, right? Instead of characters. That's why people like a lot of character actresses that play the secondary roles because they're not the girl. That's why when you watch a movie like this, you're thinking, oh, she's the girl, right? But guess what? There is no romance here. She's just trying to survive. She's just a tough chick. You're thinking, oh, him and her are going to get together at the end, right? But guess what? They don't. Isn't that kind of refreshing? Isn't it refreshing? And that's what Bartek has a problem with with Zombieland. And then Shaun of the Dead, it's a big point that it's a romantic movie as well because one of the selling lines of Shaun of the Dead was a rom zom pom com Really? Was that the point? Like, was that the No, title? that was one of the selling points. I remember growing up, that was one of the things like, man, it does all of it. It's a rom zom pom com <laughs> And in Sean Dead Bartek, if you eventually watch it, it is one of the... I, I it's, a part of, it's also a part of the joke in which it's like, look at how their relationship is on the rocks before the zombie apocalypse, but the zombie apocalypse brings them back together. <laughs> it's, it's realistic. I guess way. at the end of the day... I just wasn't expecting Zombieland to also do it based on all the hype that I'd heard. And when it did do that, I felt like it detracted from the selling point, which was a zombie comedy. comedy centered around zombie tropes. Exactly. That was my problem with it. That's all. But yet again, it was one of the first um, Emma Stone things I've seen. That's true. It was well, like one of her big breaks. Probably one of the first Jesse Eisenberg things I'd seen. That's true. Same with me, buddy. <laughs> I saw him in a Wes Craven film. 
Was it cursed? Scream. It was cursed. <laughs> I love how I said, "Was it Scream?" It, it was a film called Cursed. It was was about... he the Scream? No. You know, I've only seen Scream. Before. It's Scraform. 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 The weird thing Reform. is, you kind of already. I've also seen Scraform. The thing about the Scream movies is they are so related to the movie before, so it's kind of like you're not missing out on anything in those movies because they make such a big deal about what's happened in the previous well, movies because they're so meta like that. I remember Scream 4 was mostly centred around like talking about remakes. Yeah, Scream 2, trilogies, Scream 2 does the best in terms of that where it's talking about like the sequel's never as good as the original and then they try and prove that that's the case or not the case. Mm. It's like, excuse me, Godfather 2? It's like, fuck you! It's like, what about Terminator 2? Fuck you! So was... So was uh, so was the third one about trilogies? Third one was about trilogies, but the third one took itself a bit too seriously. Yeah, it was too okay. serious. And, it, and I've only seen movie one. Oh, when she sees Shakespeare in Love, and she starts yelling her ass off, basically. Well, I don't really remember that much. You about don't. It, oh, but okay. Well, I remember the penis, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you... Scary movie one. Yeah. Okay, make sure you don't think he's Scream Three. <laughs> <laughs> like at this point, I'm really worried. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a joke but okay <laughs> so this is the part of the movie in which shit is about to go down one of the team has been taken out i really appreciate the fact that uh the team that was sent in as their monitors are all pretty good people except for one which is the chick like pillsbury he's probably my favorite character pillsbury is like the character you love from the instant he shows up yeah you're thinking like oh okay How's he going to get taken out, right? And he doesn't! Yeah. You're thinking, though, the big fat guy's going to get eaten like a motherfucker, right? No. Nope. In fact, for a movie about zombies, a lot of people don't get zombified. Like, a lot of them, like... Just everyone like Osama is, like, the only one, one, right? Really? Like, everyone else gets murdered before they become zombies. And I appreciate that, because sometimes zombie movies, that's kind of, and zombie games, I guess, that's a part of the annoying... It's, it's a dramatic thing, but it can be quite annoying. The big, oh no. We work together. Now you're trying to kill me. Yeah, and the idiot. You know what I do appreciate? No one in this movie gets bitten by a zombie and doesn't tell anyone. Everyone who gets bitten by a zombie tells the people that they got bitten by a zombie. I think that's a smart move. Because That's it, a really smart move. Because it if shows- you get bitten by a zombie... And you don't tell anyone, then you have the situation is you turn into a zombie and then all of a sudden, I'm going to kill you. And that's the thing I hate in lots of mo- zombie movies is those kind of idiotic choices. In Romero's works, that's not usually the case. They usually are pretty, like, unless the character, say, in, like, Day of the Dead or something, is very distrustworthy, blah, blah, blah. Like, but in this, it seems like, why would anyone hide that? Because everyone is aware that you'd rather die or choose, like, John Leguizamo is like, actually, I want to. I want to know what it's like. Yeah, you know what? Um, this George Romero's work right here kind of subverts a kind of double-edged sword that you have with certain horror films, where you've got the whole thing of, like, it's a scary situation. There are going to be cowardly people who make bad decisions in the heat of the moment, but the audience kind of don't like them for being cowards, despite the fact that that's kind of realistic. Unless you're the black butler and your hero when you <laughs> run away. <laughs> I, I guess I guess this film also kind of subverts that for the fact that this is such it's, an established universe where zombies have been a thing for a long time. It's necessary yeah. cowardism. Like when the when when the the butler does later. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think, like I think people appreciated what happened there. They don't they wouldn't Also because he's worked for the bad guy. Yeah. 
Like, I don't think this is necessarily, like, 40, 37 years after, like, the outbreak or anything like that. Nah, I like, think it's probably, what, like, five, ten years? Yeah. The definite... Uh, it, it's set in a fictional universe. You don't have to make it exactly, this is 2005 or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I appreciate that. I love... Dennis Hopper in this. I messaged Bartek and I said, Dennis Hopper is amazing in this film. And you didn't reply for a very long time and then because you just simply replied with, he never did get out of that why? building because he hadn't watched it yet. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Ryan, when you mentioned that, I'm like, you know what, I have been kind of delaying. I really should get around to watching it. So I watched it like immediately when you said Dennis that. Hopper is, was, sorry, an amazing person, an amazing oh, actor. It's a sad. It's sad that he passed away. He's one of those legends of cinema. Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet. Apocalypse Now. Easy Rider. Easy Rider. Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers. Hey, no, what seriously, isn't he one of the best aspects of every single movie we just listed, including Super Mario Brothers and Waterworld? Yeah, like he's he... the best aspect because he does the villains so well. Huh? I haven't seen most of the ones you listed, actually. Really? Super Mario Brothers. I've seen clips of it. I haven't actually. He actually it. is the best part in the whole entire I, I thing because he's having fun with it. I, I know that. He always has fun with his roles because they always cast him as a villain. And yeah. he can just be like, I'm going to do this over the top because Most that's what they the want. Most of the time. Reason, I always get him mixed up with. Um, who's the guy from The Graduate? Dustin Dennis, Hoffman. Uh, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, I always get him up, mixed up with him. Interesting. Really? I. Who's the name? Oh, yeah. the initials are the DH. So Dennis Hopper, what I find interesting about what was interesting about him as an, as an actor and as a person is the duality of man. So a lot of his roles, not all of them, I mean, exclude Apocalypse Now and Easy Rider, which are his iconic roles, is he, he's, he was a stoner hippie guy in real life. Yeah. He played corporate businessmen that were evil and into capitalism a lot of the time in his career, and he always was great. He was always great as those characters, including this movie. <laughs> what? In Life Dance Hopper? Yeah, I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah, he was a major stoner hippie. Like, he has one of the best commentary tracks of all time twice. If you mm. listen to Easy Rider, it's him basically saying over and over again in circles, uh, it was all me. <laughs> <laughs> it was all me. It was all me. And then Apocalypse yeah. Now, I'm not kidding. Apocalypse Now, the commentary is him. Being like, because it's a three-hour movie and he doesn't appear until like two and a half hours into it. It's him talking about like, man, this film is an iconic. It's so good, man. Like, I remember when it came out, you know, people were like, screw this film. It's pro-Vietnam. And of course it wasn't, you know. And he was talking about like the cultural impact and whatever. But you also realize he's not talking about himself at all. And you're thinking, oh, okay, maybe he's just, he knows he's not in the movie much. And then he's kind of, you kind of realize... He doesn't know he's in the movie. He thinks that they've got him because he was a major activist against Vietnam. <laughs> he's, he was so stoned at the time, and he's, like, vaguely remembering things about the movie because he's like, I haven't watched it in decades, or blah, blah. And then he remembers that he's in the movie when he appears in the movie. He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah! And remembers everything. It's kind of like something I would do. Is, uh, is Apocalypse Now the one that has the commentary track where one of the actors is, like, dissing the director? Or is uh, that something else? Would it be? I wouldn't. It wouldn't have been Duval. No, I don't know. It's oh, kind of hard. I'm thinking of some Ben Affleck thing. No, no, that's that's a uh, 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 um, 
Armageddon. Armageddon. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, Ben Affleck versus serious. Michael Bay. That's right. Um, no, uh, Apocalypse. And Dennis era. Hopper. Oh, he was a hippie. No, he I was a stoner. Oh, yeah. He was a real loose goose. But he was a brave actor. He would play roles to an extreme. Blue Velvet. He plays such a fucking monstrous villain in that. To the point of cartoon. Back to the point of realistic again. But like that's the beauty that's of Devil. You never really think of it as a cartoon. It's like holy shit. And then here he is here playing a corporate villain, and he's so good. Like, every scene he's in, there's this sound design choice where they have ticking clocks. And then I was thinking, like, oh, I hope Bartek and Reese notice this. There's ticking clocks all the time. And then in the movie, he grabs one of the pendulums of the clocks and stops it because it's annoying him. And then he puts it back going at the end of the scene to be dramatic. And I'm like, that was actually a really nice touch. Like, it's like every time you cut to him, the time is is on. Like, this... Basically, what I'm saying is Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk was inspired by Land of the Dead. With the ticking clock what? motif. With it, uh, have you seen no, Dunkirk? Seen well, in Dunkirk, have you seen the trailers? Yes. There's this whole ticking clock sound design to it to make tension build. Yep. But I'm saying Christopher S- Nolan saw this film and was like, Oh, crikey! I go right at him! That's my Christopher film. Nolan impersonation. <laughs> Christopher Nolan can't do an Australian accent. He, that was my English accent. He didn't quite, <laughs> he didn't quite hit the mark that this film made, though. No. This is one of those brave films that does say zombies can survive water. That's also a trope that is a lesser one or lesser uh, mythos thing that zombies can't go through water. Do they? Do zombies need a breathe? That's a question. Well, well I they're think already it, dead. I no, mean. I think the thing that um, a lot of it's mainly fantasy that does this. I think Game of Thrones has a rule that White Walkers can't walk through, can't go through water. I think it's a thing of they sink mm. and can't get up again. Oh, they're just stuck rather than they they're stuck than drown but then you have stuff like this and of course the iconic scene from Pirates of the Caribbean where why can't they just walk yeah they kind of and come back up they're doing a Seymour Skinner and I think it's also like brain cognitive thing of they don't know how to swim so that means that they yeah can't get back motor up motor skills yeah yeah they don't have motor they're, skills they're or the knowledge they don't know I actually was expecting this movie to have a bit where he sunk and then he gets back up and he's like clawing and swimming I'm like oh because they're gaining intelligence but instead they went with a really great image which is a homage to another zombie movie in which they walk and pop their heads out of the water and bang no not the film bang no no I mean like bang <laughs> the zombies are there they have <laughs> sex what? Yeah, zombies have sex. They bang. Okay, maybe zombies can have sex. Maybe that's the next step. Zombie babies, basically. There are zombie movies where that's a concept, yeah. Damn it. Wait, where the zombies have sex. like And reproduce, yeah. Uh, probably porn. but Probably porn. No, no, zombie real zombie porn. movies. Uh, like porn. Why not? A, it's a good idea. Like Zombie porn, yeah. No. <laughs> lesbians, and you know what happens to lesbians in media? Get killed. No. Instantly. They don't get to marry. I don't know what I don't know what um, Dennis Hopper's regime's uh, ideal of marriage was in this universe. Like maybe need, he's pro marriage. You need to be stoned. Hey time. man. Oh wait, you said in this universe. I'm sorry. In George this universe. Bush. Um. No. No, no terrorists. You can get. Married. We don't negotiate with gays. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like when the gays are like, "Hey, can we get married?" We don't negotiate with fags. <laughs> like butts his um, cigarette it, out. It scares me. He, like, he butts his cigarette out and goes, Also, oh, we don't negotiate with homosexuals. Homo sapiens. 
And then one of them's like, I'm a lesbian. I'm like, well, that changes everything. <laughs> oh, no, we can we can get the lesbians, but not the gays. Lesbians are- I love this. They wink at each other like, oh, they're going to betray her. Then he just punches her. It's the and best. then they all laugh. He's the best character. Yeah, he's one of the best He doesn't characters. say shit other than Samoans steal all of their cars. 50,000 cars a year. It was a great line. Out of 50,000. Hell, I loved his first line where he just like says, I want, let's do something. Like, let's do this thing. You bro, you, I'm here to do something. Let's do something. Yeah, he's such a, it's such a meme thing. Such a meme thing. <laughs> I'm kidding. Meme I decide is, on the memes. You know, Ryan, the word meme is just too mean. It's, too it is about you. It's though. meme squared. It's, meme it's about you. Wow. Reese, a- did you have to come in here, Bob? <laughs> oh, Yes. If, okay, so Ryan showed me a couple of pictures featuring Wolverine saying bub, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's what you were showing him. Yeah, that's what he was showing me on his No, showing him my dick. And because he was very was, impressed. Because yeah. I remember it was a part where I was talking, and I was looking at you, and you were looking at a phone. For I something. was looking at his um iPad, and it was okay. just um Bub a million times. Bub a million times, yeah. Okay. I like how he doesn't know that bub's a word. That exists. Bob, I, I was just trying to think of how to pronounce it. I Have didn't... you ever heard of the Australian, I guess it's horror movie, Bad Boy Bubby? Yes. Yeah, yeah see how Bob... You me. Yeah, Bubby, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and they call him Bob in the movie too, so this is something else in which Reese owns something and likes it and has no recollection of it. I always... With the, Wait, word, no, no, I, <laughs> with the word Bub, I always think of, like, vaudevillian women going, like, Hey, what are you doing, Bub? Bub. Yeah, yeah, it is like that. But it's also, like, obviously, baby. Australia, Australians in particular will say Bub for baby so, Bub. So that makes Ryan, it little saying, Bub. That makes it worse for me. Are you because... saying that the modern version of Bub is Bay? Yeah, pretty much. Hey, Bay. Hey, Bay. What's up? See, I've always... Just... Wolverine. <laughs> Don't mess with me, Bay. <laughs> And also, Wolverine's he, supposed Wolverine's to... Wolverine's an Australian. Don't mess with me, bae. Well, Hugh Jackman is Australian, and he's added that Australian-ness to the Canadian character, yeah. Is Wolverine Canadian? Yes. Yes, he is. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. They, have you guys watched the X-Men films? I haven't watched the I've Origins. I've only seen three in first class, I think. Okay. Oh, I've seen two. Have in, oddly enough, in the worst X-Men, in the worst of them all, Wolverine Origins... There's a bit, I think, in which uh, the U.S. Army are, like, stopping him at the border, and they go, you gotta do it! You gotta do it for your country! And he's like, fuck you, I'm not even from here! And just drives away, and it's like, (laughs) he's from Canada! Like, there's a big thing. He was one of the founding members of the Canadian version of the Avengers team. Yeah. You see, I'm not a comic book. It's so a I big deal that. that he's actually Canadian, and that's why he says Bob. It's like, yeah, that's adding to his Canadianness and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, he's a Canadian. Why doesn't he say buddy? Yeah, why does he say buddy? Because I was before. Uh, South Park got to be earlier. So I like how they leave the chick in an area where she could get eaten. Like I know they had to smack her and unconscious her, but like, why didn't they drag her with? Like, they left her in the car. I mean, some... in the open top car with fifty calibers. He's yeah, but unconscious, like... Reese. Reese, if I'm sorry, Bartek. Okay. Reese, if we're in a zombie apocalypse <laughs> yes. situation yes. and Bartek winked at you and then punched you and left you in an open area, unconscious of a zombie I'd apocalypse, would you first. wake up and be like, "I'm so happy"? He's that he's left me in a car with fifty caliber guns with no roof. Though it has no you, roof, room to move. Have, I'm six foot three. I need room to you move. You have bigger problems <laughs> than being not prepared. Also, I think you drooled. 
Reese is drooling on the fucking show. He's a zombie! Bartek! Grab the gun! <laughs> because we're prepared for the zombie apocalypse. We have guns, totally. Yeah, we're totally prepared for No, the I just prepared apocalypse. for Reese. Well, let's get in the shelter. Let's get all the canned food. I, I didn't know we were having a zombie. I just prepared for Reese. What was I, I going to say? Before? Oh, that's right. Um, I kind of had the problem that I got the the lady who was saved from the zombies mixed up with Motown a bit. What? The, the the Motown's the, the, girl. the girl who was left in the fifty caliber car. Yeah, oh, that was Motown. Okay, yeah. I got them mixed up a bit. Oh, okay, I get it. I mean, one's yeah. dressed as a military. They're both dressed as, you know, and the other's dressed clothes. as a as a, a in a white shirt as a girl. Yeah, <laughs> but they're they're both wearing dark clothes at night right now. Yeah, and I mean, well, I guess I now... find it easier to know um our main character because she's wearing white um lapel furry clothes and a grayish light um shirt that's like showing cleavage <laughs> well it's they make a big deal about it yeah they the have time. the money shot thing well, I, mean, I like I... Borrega he made me think of um what's his name from Deep Rising the, the there are a lot of guys in Deep Rising <laughs> who could have had a beret but no, I, know, the... I know there was only one the one who plays Benny in The Mummy <laughs> oh Kevin J. O'Connor like how he knows he knows that like he knows he knows that he knows it's Kevin J. O'Connor, but Bob, what well, the fuck's that one? Reese is a movie guy. Yeah. I'm a movie guy too, but I also know. Oh, words. this is a good moment in the film. Watch, look out! What Duncan John shoots him? I love when he gets a phone call. He's like, "Oh, I just made a mistake that I could have used." Yeah, that's a funny him. moment. That's a good one. They got they got dead awakening, and he didn't, and he realized, "Oh shit." I don't even Shit. know why he executed that guy because he wanted all of his yeah, money, I guess. I was confused. About it's because he was, he was taking, taking all... his money. Yeah. Right. Because they kept it all in a safe. I, I do love that he doesn't get out of the building, really. The closer he gets is, like, to the car park. He a, doesn't leave. He doesn't get the chance to escape his... king dies in his castle. Yeah, he made his prison and died there. Yeah, it's not like the old medieval kings who went to war. But it's Dennis Hopper. He can do anything. Like, just be over the top. Be a medieval king, but being King a... Cooper fought Mario. Yeah, that's true, and he lost. And he left his castle to get on jetpack boots and run around. Mm. That's a reference to Super Mario Brothers. It's a good reference, Ryan. Well done. Sorry, what, Bob? Uh, <laughs> He's on your side this time, Ryan. I was, I was agreeing with you. Fucking, are you prepared? <laughs> I won't draw this time. He's a good guy. He mm. let me bad boy Bobby you once. I did. Oh, on DVD. He doesn't even know what you're talking about because no, he's no, still no. thinking about the question I asked him at the start of the episode, which is, what I've do you think about zombies, ba- Reese? I've never owned a bad boy, Bobby. Ooh, who led, who who led, led me the DVD then? I don't know. Who led... It was no one. <laughs> Reese. Is, is our friend Bartek a man? No, no. What happened was Bartek looked at a television screen and nothing was playing but static, and he's like, I'm so glad Reese let me bad boy, Bobby. <laughs> And he's like holding the cover, but he's holding nothing. Actually, Bartek, what is Bad Boy Bobby about? Maybe he lent you another movie and you're thinking that is Bad Boy Bobby. Well, I remember Bad Boy Bobby starts with a mother having sex with her son, Bubby. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, a film. Yeah, that's a film, yeah. And I remember at one point he goes to prison and he gets anally uh, penetrated. Yeah, that's Bad Boy Bubby. Yeah, that's Bad Boy Bobby. But Bad Boy Bobby has what the best endings ever. It has a very happy ending. It does have happy moments. Yes. Like when he sees streetlights for the first time and he's like, ah. 
And when he joins a punk band. And he kills his mum by putting, like... Glad wrap around Glad wrap around her fucking head. <laughs> um, what I'm just going to say is, Bad Boy Bubby is the reason why um, Binding of Isaac exists. Just saying. <laughs> Binding of Isaac's storyline is somewhat, like, the creepy mum figure, blah, blah, blah. And he had to defeat the mum or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then go through hell, of course. Yeah. Literal or metaphorical. I like how the military run away... We never see them again. Like, nah, they could have that's survived. That's the only time you see them, and then that, that's it. Pillsbury, what a legend. So, Reese, Yes. Was Pillsbury your favourite character? Not just favourite thing? It's okay, you're allowed to say yes. I like Charlie. Charlie? Charlie. Charlie? What Charlie. makes you like Charlie? He's a good shot, and he's very innocent. I like Charlie. You're the Charlie of our team. Oh, the okay. simple So team. who's the Simon Baker of the team? Well, clearly Bartek. Really? I thought it was you. No, because he... Fuck your backstories. Because he defends you more than I do. Okay, so what makes you in this whole... I'm clearly the John Leguizamo of the group. Oh, you're the one that dies. Yeah, but I (laughs) die taking out somewhat Dennis Hopper until someone else takes Dennis Hopper out. You still die, though. Well, we don't know I I die. Just because I get... I need a new (laughs) co-host. It could be me, Bartek. Fuck yeah, can you imagine your show with him? <laughs> Hi guys, we're Spin Polish. I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared! <laughs> You're also not Polish, Reese. So, <laughs> so the only aspect of this show that Every I have is spit. Well, you drooled. So I drooled. He did literally drool. So it's show. drool and not exactly Polish. Well, That's what it will no, turn. Polish Hi guys, drool. welcome to Spin Polish. I'm Reese, and I'm not prepared! <laughs> and then I list people I know. And then, and then you list people you know, and you guys have two conversations separate to each other, and no one's Who's there gonna... to monitor you at all. The guest is going to have a hard time. No, there is no guest because you weren't prepared to get one. Because I'm the one who organizes the guests. Bartek's role does not change. You just acquire my role. I organize some, but you more. Yeah, you'd organize like. Nine I organized six. Reese. Yeah, this is like the first what time you've organized a... Reese. It is not. I used to organize me a couple of times. Well, yeah. But I'm always the one that's like, hey, Reese, you want to do this? Yeah, because you always like, let me say it. No, you <laughs> tell me to ask him. Yeah, because you know why? Reese literally responds to you quicker than he does to me when it really? comes to no, messaging. I responded to you very quickly. No, this time you did. Okay. But usually, that's why I said usually. But this time I was like, ah, oh, I'll just do it. Because I was like, ah, oh, i got nothing else to do. I might as well talk to Reese. Grease. Yeah, good, good. You hear that, Reese? You're literally better than doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only by one. You're the, so, you're the first best thing after it. I yes. like in this universe, when you set a zombie on fire, it's a mercy killing to shoot them in the head. You know, and I yeah. think that's great because it's like, do zombies feel pain? No, I don't think. Not I've always really. thought the answer is no, but in his eyes, it's yes. Because he's feeling I emotions. Guess, I guess it is playing on that whole fact that like they can only operate when they have their brains and nerves working. Mm. Like they have that one zombie that like seemed to be nearly headless. Yeah, but it was technically connected by its nerves, so it can still function. Well, there is one that got decapitated early, and its head was still alive. Yeah, that's true. It's only the brain. You have to take the brain out. Right. Like, it's the brain. You kill the brain. Anything that's connected to the brain can move. But if it's just a head, there's not much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it depends on zombie mythos. Because then you have those fucking ones where it's like a hand can still attack you when it's not connected to the body. Mm, Yeah. I don't mind those ones if it's like for only a few seconds. 
like you and then know, it drops. and then it drops or whatever. But I don't like the ones where it just keeps going. I'm like, why? It, well, it makes like, oh, no it's, sense. It's such busy work. Like we not only have to kill their brain, but we have to destroy everything. Like it makes sense in a film like Reanimator, where it's like every single cell is a living thing. Like in the movie The Thing as well, where you cut that off, it's like it grows still back. grows back. Oh, this is a great shot. And then look at that. That's the very interesting way to do the Vulcan symbol. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were doing like an interesting way of doing those like party popper things where you have to like pull on each side. Yeah, hey, yeah let's yeah. just tear it open. Chinese finger traps have gotten really weird in the zombie universe. <laughs> Fuck it, just rip it! I wasn't able to solve it. Damn. Here's a question: If you were bitten by a zombie, yes, would you want to become a zombie or be killed before becoming a zombie? Uh, um, probably killed. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to inconvenience anyone. Yeah, kill me. Cool. I will. But I'll take get that gun. <laughs> <laughs> I would want to be a zombie because you know I might evolve into being a human again because that seems like a lot of zombie uh, principle. You want to hold on to hope. Yeah, and the and also I just want to eat people. I've always wondered what it's like. You you're always in the hope that someday you get. Cured, basically. Well, right. You yeah, or we'll evolve into humanity, or be the superior species. Um, I love with this. It's interesting how the unique zombie things are the most interesting. Like the concept of this of like the walled off city. The zombies are getting smarter. People always praise Twenty Eight Days Later for being like the idea of the fast zombie. And I think that is a revolutionary thing. There's always one TV show that I don't think gets enough credit of for being cool in concept, which is the TV show Dead Set, in which the idea is the zombie apocalypse has happened, but the people in the Big Brother house don't know what's going on. <laughs> also, like a reality show that's set in a closed-off area. Yeah, but it's the Big you know, it's Big Brother. Like, oh, okay. It's their equivalent. Like, they have the Big Brothers watching, and the only other person that's really alive are the producers stuck in the Big Brother monitoring room, and they decide just, like, should we tell them? <laughs> and and like, no. it has one of the best death scenes I've ever seen of a zombie thing. The guy who is the producer, he's a real prick. They make him always a prick. He's got, like, a 70s porno mustache. He's a bit tubby English guy. Real fucking asshole. The zombies eventually break in and whatever, and he's really pissed off because the other guy let them in accidentally, and he's like, you're a fucking idiot! And the guy's got getting eaten, but when this asshole gets eaten, he's such a prick about it. Like, he's getting his organs, like, his chest, like, his gut ripped open. He's like, fuck you! And he's, like, punching them. And he's like, you want it? You want it? Grabs out his own kidney and shoves it in their mouth and breaks <laughs> off their neck. Like, fuck you! It's like, blood splurting out of his mouth. His dying words are basically like, fuck you, you motherfuckers, and just like... Well done, sir. If you had to die, go out at least try to take... Like, he has no weapons. If you're going to die, keep fighting, because that's the thing in zombie movies is like, people just, once they get ripped, they're like, oh, I'm done now? I'm like, no, just keep going, man. Like, If, if you're, you're going to die, clap your hands right at the microphone and clip the audio. <laughs> Fun fact, Ryan is the only one wearing headphones this episode. So I'm enjoying myself. So I don't even know if I'm loud or not in this episode, so it could be... You could come closer to the mic if you want to find out. Hello. So He goes closer and lowers his voice. <laughs> he gets softer. Hello. He becomes soft, hey, Reese. Soft, hey, Reese. And this guy is one of the lead businessmen of this uh, Fiddler's Green. And we don't see him die, but we assume he dies. If it's not on screen, it doesn't mean he died. Hey, 
Does the blonde chick who's riding the, the vehicle remind you of Rooney Mara? Or Kate Mara, who we have had Her as... Her name is Pretty Boy in this film. I love Pretty Boy. And that's the end of that statement. She does look a little bit familiar to both the Maras. Yeah. To both of the Maras. Yeah. Of course, you know the Maras. We've had them on both of them on the show, one in Zoom and one in Pan. And I've talked about the Japanese god Mara, god of penises. I think it's a Japanese. Penai. <laughs> It's, well, it's no, I think plural. the I think the I plural is only for what end with us. So I don't think it's penis. It's penis. Well, we all are penis. Well, the three of us, yeah. It's very diverse. I don't know about Reese. You know, well, I, I don't want to assume he may not have been prepared for a penis. <laughs> he came out of the womb and he's like no nipples. Well, just no butthole. It's like all smooth like a doll. To be and, fair. And he looks up at his mum and the mum's like, what's wrong with him? He looks up and just goes, and they're like, why can he talk? To be fair. And then he never spoke again. To be fair, I was going to be a girl. They didn't know until I came out. Oh, they expected you to be a girl. Yes. I love how he said it like, I was going to be a girl. <laughs> like, like he changed your changed. mind. <laughs> he went, no. With a penis. I'm not prepared. I was going to be a girl until I was born. Let's let's, let's stop talking for a second, right? Reese, yes. why don't you give us an insult? Make fun of us. I'm impervious. I can't think of anything. I'm he's not, not prepared. prepared. He's too kind, Ryan. He's give him. No, give I can't. I don't. I can't think of anything because if I try and think of something, it'd be actually insulting. Badly. Make fun of my stupid moustache. You have a rather lovely moustache. I couldn't say it. Damn it. He couldn't even get through it. <laughs> this is the world we live in. He would be the one who would get infected by a zombie and then bite himself. Make fun of Ryan's <laughs> weird curly hair. You have... You want to make fun of hair, do you, Reese? Thick... No, Ryan, you're not allowed to speak. <laughs> you have thick, curly hair. Wow, racist. <laughs> you got you there, Ryan. Reese is the type of zombie who would become a zombie and then look at his arm and start just chewing on it. Like, num, num, num. And then eat himself. Which desperate. is one of the major storylines of... Uh, the only storyline I liked in Warm Bodies, which is the eviler zombies are basically skeletons because they ate themselves. Eviler? Yeah, eviler. because the whole point of... Eviler. You want to hear it? Eviler. The whole point of Warm Bodies is the zombies are gaining their humanity again. Yeah. But they aren't because they have no... Nothing. They're, they're so called bonies. If, it's terrible. If Reese was a snake, would he be an Ouroboros? An Aurora Borealis. No, no Aurora Boris. At this time of year, Do you know located what? entirely within yeah. this kitchen. You don't know what Aurora Boris is? I know. I don't. It's, it's a, a snake, snake that... that eats itself. Yeah. What a stupid excuse for a snake. <laughs> <laughs> David Attenborough here is not impressed. I think it tends to be used as a symbol rather than oh, a, a real symbol. Thing, I thought no, it... no, let him watch the nature documentary where David Attenborough's like, no, seriously, what a why fucking would you pathetic ex- a snake. And here we have. Itself. What's it called again? Ouroboros. And here we have an Ouroboros. What a pathetic fucking excuse. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an idiot's tail. Like, it's gonna, what's gonna happen? What a fucking idiot. <laughs> it's so stupid. Darwin's principle really applies for this motherfucker. <laughs> my my brother's Richard Attenborough, who was the creator of dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Fun fact. You know they were jealous. What of a each fucking other. idiot! Yeah, who exactly. wants to create dinosaurs? They hated each other. You know what David I prefer? Aurora Boris. They eat themselves. At least they can poop themselves out again. Aurora Boris. What a fucking pathetic excuse <laughs> for a snake. 
I mean, I'm David Attenborough, and here's my documentary about fucking pathetic excuses. <laughs> First episode, Reese. <laughs> That's a bit we now right. go to Ten Pebble Beach Plesh, where we see Reese watching a laptop screen. Ten what? <laughs> That's my address. Oh, guys, Reese lives. That's not your address, <laughs> is it? Yeah, that's my address. Guys, you really we know where. Guys, he lives oh, at. Oh, I mentioned. Oh, no. He oh. lives at Pebble Dress? Good thing he didn't remember. Good thing he didn't remember. But it's recorded. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know what the concept of recording means. Hey, Reese, this will be on the internet forever. Well, you have to censor this. No, I'm going to actually <laughs> amplify that moment. <laughs> And give an echo sound effect uh, so, so it duplicates. So, it's so loud you can't understand it. No, no, I'll have it where he'll be like, it was something Hopefully like this. I mumbled and, my address. And I live at 10 Pebble Place! Pebble Place! Pebble Place! Pebble Place! Pebble Place! Please! 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 He's not even saying it right, so don't worry about it. I was confused, Reese, because I know where you live, but I don't know the address. So I was like, is that actually right? You know, no one knows where Reese lives. It's actually the very most wrong address in the world. It's, he's wearing a dress, that's what I said. I'm wearing a dress, yes. And but he bought it at 10 Pebble Place Road. Just yeah. edit it to be like 53 Elgar Road or something. Hey! Isn't it? No one knows where that place is. That's a fake location. Not where I used to live. Go at all, and where new people live. Bye, butler. Bye, butler. Go butt. Go butt. <laughs> you want to what, what were you I, saying? I was saying bye, butler. But goodbye, Butler. Oh, bye, Butler. Oh, what, bye, what Gerard. I said? I bye, Gerard. Bye, Butler. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Mo- it's No, it's like there's that character in Arrested Development who's uh, their lawyer. It's like Bob Loblaw. What? That's the character's name. He's Bob, like, blah, blah, blah. No. Yeah, it sounds like blah, 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 right? It's like Bob Loblaw. Bob Lawyer. Lawyer. Bob Loblaw. Yeah, Bob Loblaw. Bob Loblaw. <laughs> yeah, he's going like that. He's like, you can go to my blog, my Bob blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it just keeps going like that, and it just keeps getting like longer and longer. Name. Yeah, exactly. It's it's called a joke, Reese. For fuck's sake, <laughs> that's me throwing a pair of headphones in the distance. They're not headphones. They're just. Oh, well, 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 how about you fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is right, Ryan. Where, where you gonna see those things in your ear? Those things, except Jacks. I'm Jack. sorry, I only have Reese on the show. I didn't bring my friend Jack. Yeah, you're right. You and, but I have Jack? a good friend, Daxter. Do you have a friend named Jack? Everyone has a friend named Jack. I, I don't know what you... Jack! Bub, watch out. <laughs> See, he made a Jack and Daxter reference. So, tried do you find Daxter it interesting that the villain is... In one of these few movies where the villain doesn't get turned into a zombie or get eaten by zombies, he gets blown up by a zombie. He gets hurt That's by a zombie and gets blown up by a zombie. Well, he doesn't even get bitten by John Leguizamo. Does he just... But it, does he hurt him? No, he holds his head like he's going to attack him and then he gets blown up ah. by the other zombie, by Big Daddy. So John Leguizamo is working with Big Daddy. Well, no, John Leguizamo is still... Well, I, I'm not, not, not like formally, but like in their efforts to take him down, he's technically sort of like contributed. Well, I think in this universe what's stating is because John Leguizamo is a zombie at this point here. Hmm. I think it's already stating that the new zombies are already sentient and smart. They don't have to work their way up like Big Daddy did. So, like, he's aware that this is the guy he wants to kill specifically. He's already trying to use his tool, blah, blah, blah. But yet again, he does fall down. Like, I don't know. I sort of interpreted it as, as he was still alive, he wanted to get as close as he could to Dustin. Yeah, but yeah. again, he got shot, like, three times in the chest. And he, I don't know. I guess John Leguizamo, you know when I look at him? When I look at John, I say, he's tough. He's Luigi. He's the pest from the movie The Pest. 
Yeah. That's a fact. It's a fact, yeah. And here he is again, and I love this. Nah, you're dead. And then he's like, no, you are dead. (laughs) Oh Oh my God, God, you you are are dead. dead. And he says it in his deadest hopper way, where he's like, oh my God, man. (laughs) You are dead. You are. Look, look, he doesn't bite him. He's trying to, but he doesn't get there. See, and then he still didn't bite him. There's no blood, no nothing. Then see, nothing. You're right. He never even got the chance to kill he just, or, he or just hurt him. Held him down, basically. And I don't think there's a necessarily explanation of, hey, if he just exploded him, does that mean he comes back as a zombie though? Because it's not necessarily his head came off. Well, and going back to what you were talking about earlier about the zombie being on fire, feeling things, mercy killing, would that have implied that the fire would have killed it eventually? Yes, yeah. because eventually the brain's gonna. So I guess get fucked here, up. Here he didn't want to give him mercy killing. He wanted to make him suffer. Yeah. So I think he but did die time, and he didn't enjoy it. Yeah, but yet again, does he come back as a zombie? He's like, oh, I'm on fire still. Or does the force of being thrown through the air put the fire out? I guess yeah. We never saw the body because no. in a lot. Yeah. Wait for the eighth well, film. Oh my god, zombies! Ah, zombie! Ah, but here's a picture. <laughs> That's one of my favourite groundskeeper Willy quotes. Ah, pretty as a picture. Ah, zombie! <laughs> pretty as a picture. <laughs> Again, this is a universe in which it's asking the ultimate question of can you still be human... If you're in a world with no Simpsons. Man, we don't know if this is a world where Simpsons exists. That'd be a sad world. Well, Simpsons would have had to have been made during the zombie outbreak. Well, maybe it didn't get made because they got killed before. Maybe if we rewatch the 68 film, there'll be a part where they're like, did you watch the new Simpsons? No, 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 no. No, no, it'll be part of the 68 film where you see a kid drawing Bart Simpson and he turns around, (laughs) he's got Matt Groening's facial hair and it's like, (laughs) and then you hear the Seinfeld music play for no apparent reason and then you cut over and there's Larry David just playing some keys on the keyboard. It's like, yeah, at least these two things exist. I'm... Like Larry, it's hard to do a Larry David impersonation. I'm gonna say that it's like it's me, Larry David. What do you want? See what I mean? It's really hard. I nailed it. I'm Larry David. Hi, I'm Reese, and I live at Ten Pebblestone Road. (laughs) Just not getting it right. You're right. You're gonna have to send some more things now. Hi, I'm Reese. I live at Rocky and Bullwinkle Avenue. (laughs) Just oh, just cut in you saying that and just paste the Rocky and Bullwinkle Avenue. Hi, I'm Reese, and I live at Bam Bam Road. (laughs) Yeah, I was just getting jiggy with it. Hi, I'm Reese. I live at Water Buffalo Avenue. That's a Flintstones reference. All of these, most of these have been. Water Buffalo is a real thing, so it doesn't have to be. But it was a Flintstones reference. Yay! I clapped under the Oh, look, the Irish guy. The Irish guy. Oh, Mulligan. You remember Mulligan? Mulligan. No, Mulligan. Mulligan, yeah. Reese, your last name's Irish, right? Mackenzie, yes. Mulligan, he said a moment ago. How Irish is that? Not really. It's not really Irish. Say something in Gaelic. I don't know Gaelic. He's gay, though, so he knows how to say things like that. Gay people lick. I don't negotiate (laughs) with gays. I love how we don't know if this guy died or not. They just chuck the body no, of survives. the zombie. He what? survives. Did we see him again? Yeah, we did. 
No, I thought it ends with them literally being like, let's go. And then Yeah, I, that's that's what happens. Like, they don't throw his body out. So yeah, I know, but I'll, I'm assuming... Just, we'll look carefully. We're going to look... He's right... Nowhere. There! Right there. Right there. Yeah, I see his face. No, not Simon Baker's face. <laughs> <laughs> for, for listening to people that didn't know, he was pointing basically right at Simon Baker's... I was not! Line. I was pointing at the guy who Brian thought was dead. I don't not, think he was dead. I asked, did we know he died or not? I was proving it. Yeah, one of the four faces of Simon Baker. No, the background was basically the guy walking around. Well, I didn't think it was clear enough. I need a director's cut. Oh, there he is. I saw him. Okay, I nailed it. That was pretty boy. That was... There he is. is. That's pretty boy. That's Reese at this point. (laughs) Don't even use words, Reese. Just... Over the audience. Poor person is listening to this with headphones on, being like, I'm enjoying a nice, jolly podcast. Oh, my ear! You know, right? I listen to the podcast with headphones on, so it'll be me. (laughs) In a couple of months. We're going to be responsible for Barta getting tinnitus, basically. Wow. That was really racist against people with tinnitus. 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 William Shatner has tinnitus. Pete Townsend has tinnitus. He got it from an explosion on an oh, episode yeah. of Star Trek. How is Peter Cabaldi involved with the Who? Like, oh, for fuck's sake, the Who is an organized Who is an organization in in about world world health. Yeah, world was yeah world health organization. Oh, oh yeah, he thought right. you meant the band. Yeah, <laughs> he thought I meant the band. Well, in World War Z, he works for the Who. That's right. He does and that's why it's kind of fun because he plays Doctor Who. See, it's just it, a it joke. Was a clue, yeah. It, was it just went over my head too, but I didn't. I didn't say think anything. of it. Yet. Head. Who? I'm an owl. My wife Ellen. Who? My wife Ellen. So guys, the movie ended and it was fantastic. I'm gonna get into my review, then we're gonna go in order of who I like. <laughs> um, okay, I'll just sit back and just. I say this is a movie that is worth seeing. If you like zombies, if you appreciate horror, but if you appreciate a good social commentary on post 9/11 America through the use of zombies, this is the film for you. There is no one who nails down zombies better than George A. Romero. He was the boss, he was the legend, he is the maker, the genius behind you know, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, and Land of the Dead. All great films. This one is the unappreciated one in that catalogue, and that is just a shame. Just a shame. This film is brilliant. It has Simon Baker in it. What else do you need to know? It also has a, a Samoan character in a time in which we are praising films like Moana for really exploring Polynesian cultures and stuff like that. Well, Land of the Dead already had some and, uh, Samoa there. And wasn't this film made around the same time as Guess Who? Exactly. So this film really did end racism. So this is a film in which I'm going to give it a rating out of... <laughs> Out of what's Bob? <laughs> Bartek! Ah, I knew it! You didn't list your favorite people. You just. I said I'm going in order of my favorite. Oh, I thought you were gonna like give your top three. Oh, okay, people. okay. I'm gonna list people. Bartek, I think you know what to do. Bartek, Reese, Grace Brown, Madison Carter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what you should have been doing while I was saying this. See, I was listing us and then I was listing guests in order, but I forgot Sam Noonan was the fifth one. Sam Noonan. 
<laughs> you should have been doing that while I was saying names of people. Bartek, your review. Um, now look, people, I have to, I have to do something that you know puts a disgusting taste in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. Ryan was the MVP of this episode. Yes. The the what? Mr. MVP. It stands for more very person. He he's the guy with the big ear, but he really brought in the information this episode. He yeah. brought in the interpretations. He expanded my worldview about this very standalone. Part. I think we I also give managed him a round of applause. I I don't. I've already got the taste in my mouth, Reese. Oh, it's a bad taste. I, that's why I said it was a bad taste. Oh, I okay, emphasized sorry. the yeah. taste. Sorry, sorry. Sucking my cock on air is really bad taste for right. him, yep, okay? Yep. I'll let you speak. You know, Ryan, time. speaking of sucking cock, earlier you were talking about wanting to taste humans, so. Uh, anyway, never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> see, I was going to make that joke earlier, but we. But I was not prepared! But we. But we Tangentialized. Tangentialized. That's English. That's a big word. Yeah. That's English. I like how he's like, yeah, that's a big word, but Bob flies over his head. Oh, come on. I've never... <laughs> hey, look, there's a song called Speak Too Much. I, I wonder if they're talking about Ryan. No, they're talking about Reese not knowing too much and speaking about it like he does. <laughs> look, anyway, this film, as Ryan has really emphasized, is a very deep pol- political, social... It's, it's a very big commentary, not just on... An know, audio style. On audio style... Oh, on zombie films, but also on life. Ryan also mentioned at one point that this film is made in a post-9-11 world, and it, it did it did strike with me because when I did look at the YouTube comments, there was one that I didn't include that was talking about as if the Muslim... Uh, so I've ruined the punchline, that all the zombies are meant to be Muslims or something like that. And I think that's you know, a deeply <gasps> offensive idea... We, this is a world where we've got the movie My Name is Khan. We can all look past all of this bigotry and look towards a positive future. Which is ironic because this film is set in a zombie apocalypse, post-apocalyptic world. It is a film that is set in a sort of hopeless environment. People look optimistically towards better times, better futures. I think that... Even if this is a film that you you were like me, you watched it and you didn't understand or necessarily pick up on all of the deep messages of it, it's one that you should definitely think about, watch, learn about it. Because this isn't like... We mentioned the oversaturation of zombie products in this world. Yeah. Mm. A lot of them kind of just want to show off their special effects of gore or you know people being shitty... Like, we've got the, um... What's that? It's another film Reese let me, actually. The Tucker and Dale... Versus Evil. Well, that one was kind of, yeah, making fun of certain horror tropes, but a lot of them... But embracing it. Yeah, embracing it. But most of them just kind of do them and have unlikable characters. Like, I think Eli Roth films tend to be like that. I haven't watched any of his. I think... Well, you don't want to do. You don't want to watch Knock Knock, the film in which uh, Keanu Reeves plays casual stay-at-home dad who gets raped by two beautiful women. Underage. I women. mean, look, I'd, I'd watch it because I'd watch it because I love me and Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of rambling here at this point, guys. What's I'm it? just basically trying to say that this film is a good one. You might not get it if you watch it, 
but trust me that there is something there and if you do get it you're one of the good ones and if you don't get it you can just try again yep because in this world you can try 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 unless you're not prepared and get a four leaf clover <laughs> and you'll be good Rain? if I have to give this film a rating I, I look Ryan's already given my rating earlier in this episode when he was making all those Simpson references with Duffy and <laughs> Abe Simpson I give it an uh, Abe Simpson <coughs> out of Duffy the Santa's little helper and now we go to my next favourite person. Oh, thank you, you, the audience. Let's hear your review. And what's your rating, guys? Oh, I bet Reese was going to Wow, that, that was one. pretty... Wow, they took your rating right out of your mouth, Reese. <laughs> Got to think of a new one. Wow, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I mean... I, I, found, and it, now we I cut, found it very soothing. And now we get to the next reviewer... My next favorite person. This will be good. This will be good. Sunglasses that what? were on the table. What's your review? Good review. What about your rating? Give me those. <laughs> and now the IMDb reviews. <laughs> My poor sunglasses. I have to clean that. Look. Look, you rubbed them. Uh. Reese. Yes. You... Oh, yeah. I forgot about you. I wasn't prepared for your review. Do uh, you have one? <laughs> and a rating? On the point that Bartek said yes. that if you don't get this film, I'll say it, I understand. It took me three attempts to find this film. Three JB Hi-Fi's did not have this film. It is a hard film to get, so if you don't get it, I understand. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Let's talk about... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this review comes off of your... No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. I had a hard hold time on. finding no, it. No, 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 hold on. When I said don't get this <laughs> He didn't movie, mean physically. I meant understand, not find. <laughs> no, I was just... Ex- I was extending, you know, extending. Right, but did, when, I, when I said you don't get it, what do you think I meant? Hey, Bartek, you're We'll getting, both understand, but if you, if you don't... I'm just... Pointing out the oh, physical, wordplay. The yeah. physical aspect of getting the film is okay. hard. That's actually kind of clever. You're actually. getting where I was with Reese at the start of the episode. <laughs> questioning him. See, Go I, on, I, Reese. Okay. Um, Sorry for interrupting. Please do go on. Simon Baker fans look no more. Okay. This is the film to watch Simon Baker make, as Ryan said, his four faces of A's acting. You do not need to purchase Red Planet anymore. You purchase Land of the Dead. Four and a half stars. I think that's actually my favourite quote of the episode. <laughs> you don't need to purchase Red Planet. So my favourite Simon Baker role in a film is him in LA Confidential as a little gay actor that gets murdered because Danny DeVito sets oh, him shit, up. Oh shit, I forgot, someone. I forgot. Oh. What? Okay, then my review is hopeless then. There you go. I, I, I totally undercut his review, Bartek. Now to reviews that undercut everyone else's ideas of what we were saying with a review from IMDb. Bartek has some comments from YouTube. I'm going to read the first review from IMDb. This is from 2005. The year just came out. It's an eight-star review called GAR's Masterpiece. Truly. Gal. Gal. And this review may contain spoilers. <clears throat> just got back from the industry screening of land with G.A.R. in attendance five rows ahead of me. Not to give out any spoilers, 
Remember, this review may contain spoilers. Uh-huh. Not to give out any spoilers, because I won't, but this film rocked. Does it have a different feel than Night, Dawn, and Day? Of course it does. Why? Because of the fact that it's 2005, and movie making has changed over the course of the years. And also, this wasn't an independent film in the same way the other three were. But... What they got away with, gore-wise, was absolutely incredible. My buddy and I were laughing with glee through the entire flick at all of the violence. My buddy and I. My nine-year-old buddy and I, know. If only. Let me put all doubts to rest. This is a George A. Romero zombie film. This is not a rip-off. It's the real deal, people. Headshots, decapitation, zombie biting people with the typical fleshy ripping, intestines, the works. I was shocked at the amount of gore they managed to get into the film. I spoke with the production manager afterwards. They spelled afterwards as two separate words. (laughs) So, afterwards. I spoke with them afterwards, and he assured me that the gore in the film is nothing compared to what's going to be on the DVD. Oh, and... On the way out, I got to shake G.A.R.'s hand and tell him that this is an incredible film. Honestly, it's this generation's dawn, and yes, that means it's more fast-paced, etc., etc., which some purists might be ticked off about. And when I say that this is this generation's dawn, I mean this is the zombie movie people remember years from now. It totally blows the other recently released zombie flicks, including the Dawn of the Dead remake, out of the water. The acting was excellent all around, and I mean all around. There were no bad performances. Even Dennis Hopper and John Leguizamo, who both were put down on the message board for being in the film, were amazing. Hell, even the zombies kicked some ass. Anyway... That's all I'll say. You guys will either love it or hate it. I loved it. Final word. <laughs> Watch for the priest zombie. You'll know when I you'll know what I mean when you see it. Hilarious. And watch for the arm scene. A hand upheld in a foggy mist. You'll understand when you see that too. Also <laughs> Final <what>? words. <laughs> Final word. Also Watch for the hilarious departure of two of Dennis Hopper's assistants, his personal assistant and his butler. LOL. Funny. (laughs) Bartek, YouTube, were they as optimistic and hopeful? Some were, some were, and... Wow, what a weird way to say that. (laughs) It's like how I would say it. Could you say it, Reese? Some were and some weren't. He didn't say it exactly, so yeah, I guess okay, he, so wasn't, he, he wasn't he wasn't prepared. Said kind of normy. Yeah, true. Like a normy. Yeah, <laughs> YouTube comments, Bartek. That's, my, that's sorry, that. Bartek. Let me let me get that one in there for for you. YouTube comments, Bartek. <laughs> that's my title. It's not Mister. It's YouTube comments. Okay. Bartek. Yeah. The first comment is a person who wasn't on board. Oh, no. oh god. Zombies that can think equals unfair. Zombies that, <laughs> zombies that can think and run equals even more unfair. Zombies that can think, run, and shoot a gun equals what the fuck. They don't even run, really. They kind they of were, just stagger. They slow zombies. Yeah, well, I guess... Yeah. This person didn't even fucking watch the movie. They watched it 28 days later while this is on in the background. This person fucks. should really amend their comment to include zombies that can think and shoot a gun. Yeah. Is that still what the fuck, or is that 
more unfair. I don't know. Who knows? Oh, wow. This person's not very good, I guess. Wow. Well, he's not very impressed. They just got punked. Yeah, I'm I'm ruthless today. Um, <laughs> next comment is, well, that was a good movie. Now onto the next one. Oh, wait, what? That was a trailer? Lol. Wow, they thought they watched an entire movie. Yeah. They sat there for, I guess, what was the an hour minute. and a half long trailer? About two minutes, yeah. <laughs> no, an hour and a half. No, no, Bartek, Bartek. It was actually two hours and 30 minutes. That's how long the trailer was. They, had a, they, they watched it while under adrenaline. Yeah. Mm. Next, two, next comment is, After watching all the best zombie movies I can find, this one is good enough in my opinion. I'm not a classic or long series zombie fan. And then he does like a colon and a forward slash, like a mm face. I like Maybe that's a zombie face. Mm, ambivalent zombie. I like movies that are a little more modern and good acting and not so bad makeup slash graphic. I suggest this one, though my fav is World War Z. Or Z, you know. Wow, they're fav. <laughs> they're fav. Give me one more. Okay, this one is about Luigi. Yes! I became a John Leguizamo fan because of this movie, and the hell with the guy saying this movie sucks. One of the best zombie movies, IMO. IMO stands for? In my Oscar. Well, we have a negative review from IMDb. Oh no. Two stars. Shit. Called Physics Bendingly Bad. (sighs) Okay, here we go, guys. This review may contain spoilers. I'm holding on. It finally happened. Cinematographers finally made me hate them so much that I can no longer express it with real words. I have to make them up now. I choose the word omniloathe. Just once I'd like to see a movie that had even a slight grasp of the factual. I was giving them the zombies. That was in one. <laughs> I was giving them the zombies. All right, I said. The dead are walking. I'll give it to them, I said again. Then the worst happened. They decided to ignore all scientific laws. Zombies were running around and by and and by running I mean slowly shuffling. People had a good 50 feet head start and were running their little legs out. Who won? Obviously the zombies. Obviously the dead are just supermen. Speaking of the dead being better than the rest of us, shouldn't they be you know, weaker than us since, you know, rigor mortis. <laughs> None of those had a question mark. Those were statements. Rigor mortis goes away after a while. Yeah. Then there was the defaming of my hometown, set in Pitts- Pittsburgh in the future. Several things were, shall we say, misplaced. I'm, of course, referring to the rivers. Our three rivers are very fast-moving. Any slow-moving any slow-moving things that fell into them would be quickly swept downstream. Also, there is no point in any of the three rivers in which anyone could stand. And even if they could, let's say the rivers dried up and so much mud was piled up that they maintained their original height, there are also no steps leading from the river to the city. We have ladders, thank you very much, in case someone falls in and needs a way out, but not steps. (laughs) Sorry. This leads us to the use of money. Yeah, money. In, mo- in, a- 
In a post-apocalyptic wasteland with no United States to back up the funds or any way to keep the various populace from looting countless banks, thereby all becoming billionaires, it is a cold... It is cold, hard cash that is still used. Instead of things like bullets or food or anything useful, they use money and somehow keep the amount in check and exclude the lower class from buildings. In a city full of empty buildings, the lower class are forced to live in none of them. All in all, I'd say this film was bad. Real bad. You know, that reminds me of a review that I read for old dogs when I was on... Oh, yeah? Yeah, where a guy made a... I've got it here in front of me. It's called Totally Incorrect. Because the film... uh, I guess there's a zoo in Vermont. (laughs) And his whole review was just uh, five lines here talking about how this film's incorrect. They go to a zoo in Vermont. I've lived there my whole life and yet to ever hear or see of a zoo in Vermont. And at the top, I made a note that it was like zero out of 17 people found this review useful. Oh! (laughs) Bartek, what did YouTube have to give us on the gloriousness of this film and their opinions? <laughs> mm. Everyone has opinions. Mm. Not Reese. I no. want to give Reese a chance to read this next Ooh, comment. Okay. Is he prepared, though? Am I prepared, Bart, for this? Well, part? you've got the line in front of you, Reese, so it's just your interpretation. <laughs> it's just his interpretation now, guys. It's I just mean. the very top line of the screen as it is right now. And aim at the mic. You know, God. if you want. And give us, give us some passion. Passion! Just the first line. Yep, just that whole thing right there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Prepared. Scary. Ah! Done. Thank you, Reese. <laughs> Fuck you. That was a good comment. Scary. Ah! Very emotional. I know. Yes, it was a very scary trailer. <clears throat> the next comment is: There is some. <clears throat> there is someone who insult Romero. Seems like this person didn't know who is the first one who made zombie film. I like how it first started out as some kind of South American accent and quickly devolved to Russian. Very quickly. Bartek was prepared in thinking that maybe this is a a multicultured man. Yeah, they're they're what we call a citizen of the globe. Yeah, he's he's a southern man who grew up in Russia. Literally, we know that they were actually New Zealand. This next comment is from someone who is a fam... I won't say family man because I don't know their gender. Oh, there they're, you going to say... They're a family person. I thought you were going to say fanboy. They're a family person. Diss me and my dad's fav movie. We watch it almost every day. Almost. 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 Not quite. Not every day. They don't watch all of it every day. <laughs> no. I can't. I really liked the general ideas behind this movie. Mm. Especially the thought that there is some safe place ruled by extremely rich fuckers. Did not see that coming, but alright No one saw the Spanish Inquisition coming This movie makes no sense Shitty ass movie And the response, and I will note that this username This person's username is Zombie Undead Yes, The Walking Dead is Oh, Oh, you a fucking lesson Owned cunt Owned and punked Yeah, that's what I said Should I read one more? Give us another another big boy, Bubby Okay This one has responses, and some of them are by the original commenter. Yay! The original comment is, This movie is crap, one of the worst I've seen. That's saying something, because I'm 12. (laughs) Yay! The the first response... They've had a lot of years' experience. (laughs) The first response is by the same person. Oh, good. Well, trust me, it's a really low-budget, god-awful film. That teaches me a lesson. Apparently he was responding to someone. The the next response is, 15 mil ain't a low-budget for a zombie flick. 
Oh. And then the original commenter responded, well, not to be rude, but how was I supposed to know that this film had a 15 mil budget? Wikipedia! Come on! Exactly, but I will just remind you that his, his first response there was, trust me, it's low budget. <laughs> and then the person, another person responds, you probably don't even have pubes yet. Your opinion doesn't matter. And then finally, the original commenter responded, I'm 13, not an idiot, but you're picking on a 13-year-old. How low could you possibly get? And in brackets, he writes, douche. <laughs> Apparently he aged during the screen because he said he was 12, then he said he was 13. Well, guys, I have the last review from IMDB here. It's a 10-star review. It's called Awesome Yet Underrated... Dot, 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 dot... Tia. <laughs> <clears throat> This movie was amazing! I gobbled this movie like a zombie gobbling down nasty pig intestines like every zombie extra eats! I was so disappointed to see that the studio gave this movie no publicity at all. I only heard about it when I saw a poster of it at the movie theatre. Which is strange to say, since zombie movies have been really popular lately with Shaun of the Dead, uh, so awesome, and Dawn of the Dead remake, meh, it's enjoyable I guess, but hack remake for for show I saw so much commercials and publicity for these movies but why didn't they give any credit to Romero the father of the zombie movie Sean of Sean and Dawn remake were appetizers land of the dead should have been the main course but the studios treated it more like a pig in a blanket that rolled under the couch disappointed the movie itself was amazing! Romero stands by his choices to make the story and concept overshadow big name actors and dialogue. Fortunately, all the actors were very solid, and Leguizamo was a shining star in his role. Dennis Hopper was also brilliant. This movie was a perfect evolution to Romero's night, day, and dawn stories. I love the idea that a zombie can start to think. When everyone else was making millions of rehashing Romero's ideas, Romero actually brought something new to the table, reinventing the genre which he himself started. With so many remakes and new perspectives on zombie... Uh, wait. We're not using the Z word. I mean, Walking Dead movies. It's a shame the studio didn't pr- promote this gem of a movie more. Shame on you, Mr. Studio Man! But the good news is zombie movies will never die. Everyone loves and fears zombies. The very concept is so grotesque and frightening, people can't stay away. On the bright side, Romero is still talking about making straight-to-DVD movies without interference from big studios. I cannot wait. Long live Bob, long live Flyboy, and long live Tom Savini. Wait, what? Long live Bob? Yes, it's a character from the other movie. He just referenced other characters. Oh, right, right. I, that's why we... Bardock, do you remember why we got into the conversation of what Bob is? It's because one of the characters from one of the other movies' name was Bob, and you're like, I don't know what Bob is! You remember this is how it went, and now he's still like, what's he talking about Bob for? How did he know that we were talking about Bob? I completely forgot. I didn't you know what's funny is I also forgot, but you answered the question, right? so I can just say yes. <laughs> the answer is no. But, go on, Bartek. What did YouTube have to finish us off with? You know, it's got got us in a firm grip and we're about to climax. First time I am seeing this movie Zombies Have Mind and they have Zombie Boss, Big Boss. What a funny movie. It was funny. Yeah. Not as funny as Grease, but pretty funny. The second last comment that I want to read out is a question. (laughs) Oh, yay. 
Why wouldn't those fuckers just die easily? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Either. They might have been strong. Zombies are tough shits. <clears throat> they take Panadol. And the final one, and this one has responses. Oh, shit. Initial comment. This movie sucks, trust me. <laughs> I remember the line that girl said, then in brackets, if he pulls the trigger, Riley will dead. Close bracket. WTF. Stop stating the obvious. Even my kids know what happened. SMH. Which I think means shake my head. Or so much shake hate. Shake my head. I don't know which one. Anyway, the first response is... Oh, I'm sorry, there is only one response. The only response to this one is... The girl wanted the guy to realise that Riley will be dead and there's no turning back. Problem with some people nowadays is they wait for the spoon to get into their mouths instead of analysing the lines. That Ooh. line is kind of appealing, though. There you go. There you go. Reese, you appealed. Bartek, you appealed. And you guys, you're appealing too. <laughs> Oh, Bartek, no! Bartek's not again! Peel- he's peeling. Not again! No. Somebody help him. Oh. Okay, Bartek, him. you're back to normal now. Calm down. You're not peeled yet. Okay, calm Land down. Land of the Dead. Three out of four stars. Oh, no. I liked it. The end. See ya. Oh! Roger Ebert. What? Roger Ebert where? <laughs> he died. It's okay. We killed him. Roger Ebert died? Yeah, he did. Oh, I actually knew that, actually. You did know that, but yeah. you were so surprised. You guys, as always, have been fantastic, amazing, stupendous, superfluous, wonderful listening people who have always been there, whether you're alive or dead or a pet. Reese, did you hear that? He called them stupendous. Stupendedly. Yeah, he likes them. I like you a lot. You guys should like us a lot. You know, keep listening for the rest of the next couple of episodes, all of them. You can, you know, because we're going to be covering these darker movies. We're going to be getting some amazing guests, amazing choices of films, some you have heard of, some you may not have heard of. But we are going into the depth of the human psyche. That's for sure. The <gasps> depravities of man and the horrors of the unknown and of this world. What about women? Yeah, women are scary too. Uh, so, <laughs> women are scary too. And that's the moral of this episode is, women are scary too. After all we've been through. You know, come is... to think of it. They are scary. I agree. They Last are. year, all of the films we did in October were all like men were the main antagonists, right? Uh... Vampire Academy <laughs> turned out Gabriel Byrne. And... Yeah, I guess men are the worst. Don't worry. I have one where females an antagonist. Don't worry. I've lined it up. Ooh, you guys, diversity. as always, great. If you want to help us out, look up Spin Posh Presents. We're on iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, Podbean. You can follow us, support us, do all that kind of stuff, listen to the episodes. Hey, chuck a comment at uh, the Facebook page. Let us know what you think of the show. Or, hey, give us a review on iTunes or even better, go on the Facebook We've got a post there that's like a movie suggestion list because, hey, we don't know every single unappreciated movie of all time because that's why they're unappreciated. Not everybody knows them all the time. Even us, even we have weaknesses. I mean, look at Reese. It was a weakness for me to ask him to come on today. He was not prepared. <laughs> I was. Prepared I even gave his address to you to look at. So have fun. If you want to have a fun night out, Google the address on Google Maps and get your dick out. It's going to be a wicked time. So, you can do all that. You can be amazing. And hey, you know, you guys love us. We love you. I don't know what Reese's opinion of you is. I think it's shame. What, shame on the audience or shame on me? Both. Okay. Shame on you! 
Uh, I have nothing much more to say other than just stay tuned for future installments or revisit or visit for the first time past installments. We are now like 85 episodes yeah. into this series and it's just been such a pleasure. Restabuted in episode 9. You guys have been fantastic, right. <laughs> amazing, wonderful, superfluously great listening people. Remember to not eat each other for a start because that's for zombies. Because we need more hits on but episodes. Be kind to each other. Yeah, be very kind. Um, so Reese, Yes. Every time you come on, yes. it's always a lot of fun. It's always a good fun. Yeah. yeah. But, uh... Ryan, that... Ryan gets... Ryan gets the slightest nudge towards aneurysm stage, but never mind. He... You want to have a debate about cats again? No. <laughs> I, I'm sure eventually you'll become the improvisation god we know you will or be. catching uh, breaths. But, but until then, do you want to do another word at a time story? Yeah, Reese. Sure we can. Okay. Let's do it. You start, Bartek. You want me to start? We'll and it'll start go Reese and then me. Yeah. Alright, I'll start with a more less typical word, not like once. I'll start with perhaps we are all here to show our prowess in the world. I would rather actually get hard with myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes! 